Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shano. I am the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday again, and you know what that means. Another episode of Carpool Rugby League. Well, fellas, I'm back from the sin bin, uh, just oh, like most other players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like most players that were in the sin bin last week, <laughs> I was out for scary. a week. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And uh, I just want to say, first of all, guys, um, well, I suppose it was fortunate for all the listeners, but unfortunate for me, you guys did a belter of a job last week. It was like I wasn't even... Uh, Thank Wasn't even sir. there, didn't need to be there. Everything went oh, smooth we sailing, you. so well done, guys. Yes. We definitely missed you. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's great to be back, really happy to be back on board. And geez, isn't there a lot to talk about this week? Uh, the listeners, I'm sure, have been hanging out to hear our opinions on last week's round of footy. There's plenty to talk about. Um, definitely, we're going to be talking about the Simbin crackdown a little bit later on. We've obviously got Shano's tidbits and Griffo's grab to come later in the podcast. But as we do always, um, we might kick it off and let you know what happened in footy last week in regards to the scores, uh, just so that you can keep up to date with where your team is at and uh, how you went with your tips. So we started the round on Friday. It was magic round last week. There was lots of magic. Uh, The referees were making players disappear left, right and centre. So the magic all started on Friday night at Suncorp Stadium with the Tigers winning 36-18 over the Knights. Uh, The second game on Friday saw the Seagulls run out massive winners against the Broncos 50 points to 6. On Saturday, the Raiders were able to come back from behind and defeat the Bulldogs 20 points to 18. Uh, the Rabbitohs got the job done against the Sharks, 32 points to 22. The Roosters continued their good form with a 30 to 16 win over the Cowboys, rounding out the Saturday night matches. On Sunday, the first of three games saw the Parramatta Eels win 34 to 18 over the New Zealand Warriors. The Storm continued their strong run of form, 44 to 18 over the St George Illawarra Dragons and the Panthers. No one can stop them. 48 points to 12 over the Gold Coast Titans. So, for those of you wondering where that puts your team in the NRL ladder, um, as you could imagine, the Panthers, they're still undefeated. Their great run of form that goes right back to last year, uh, only losing the grand final last year um, in that run. 10 wins, 0 losses. They're on 20 points out ahead in first position. Parramatta Eels are the only team on 18. They're in second spot. There are two teams on 16. That is the third place Storm and the fourth placed Rabbitohs. Uh, fifth place is occupied by the Sydney Roosters. They're on 14. Then we have a four-point gap to sixth place where we see the St. George Illawarra Dragons on 10 points. The Manly Seagulls, they're snuck up there. They're also on 10 points in seventh spot. Rounding out the eight are the Canberra Raiders. Now, keep in mind Canberra is the first of a big list of teams who are on eight points. That list includes, obviously, the Canberra Raiders in eighth, but also to the Titans in ninth spot, the Warriors on in tenth spot, the Knights in eleventh spot, and the Cowboys in twelfth spot. 
West Tigers are in 13th spot on six points. The Sharks, 14th with four points. Broncos also four points in 15th. And rounding out the ladder in the last position, number 16, with only the one win, two points, the Canterbury Bulldogs. Well, fellas, I'll tell you what, there's um there's plenty to look at there with that ladder. All of a sudden, we're starting to see the... Uh, the big fight is really looking at that eighth spot. Um, the Raiders haven't been super consistent, but if we look at that that run of teams there, uh, Griffo, with the Raiders, Titans, Warriors, Knights, Cowboys, who who you're thinking at the moment's looking like they might make a push to to possibly be a top eight team this year? Graham, uh, the team that's a standout. If you take you. you, you Take it as given that the top five teams make the eight. I mean, we've been saying that all along. Correct. But we did have uh, we did have the the Raiders in there as well. They're no certainty. Um, the team that is is on a roll at the moment, a turbo charged roll, is the Manly Sea Eagles. Yeah. I had them yeah. not making the eight at the start of the year. You had them in. We had a lot of talk about that. Um, if Turbo stays fit, they make it. If Turbo were uh, blows a gasket they don't make it simple as that yeah um i've never seen a team that relied so much on one guy um but it's not just his individual performance is what it brings out in the others they get confidence seeing him there he makes every other player in that team a better player um and they're they're beating everyone um except the panthers um the Panthers controlled Turbo, and they controlled Manly as a result. Uh, but no other team's been able to do it. Um, so it's a big clash with power. That's really one to look forward to. We'll talk about it later. But the Seagulls for mine, they're the team that, that makes the eight. Um, Raiders, very inconsistent. Uh, they've got some issues, both uh, with injuries, suspensions, um, homesickness. Uh, uh, the missus uh, wants to get on social media, although I think that stopped for a little while. They're, they're, yeah. they're the issues. Um, you know, I haven't seen so many issues with Vikings since uh, since Ragnar and his sons were held off somewhere. Since Rollo, since Rollo bugged off to Normandy. It's all yeah, Ivan's fault. What, what guy he was, Rollo? You know, you wouldn't want him as a brother, would you? Yeah. He's got Ivor. You know, I mean, Ivor's Ricky. He reminds me a bit Ivor. He's got Ivor in him, Ricky Stewart, hasn't he? I'll be uh, honest with you, though. If Lagatha got on social media, I'd probably forgive her. Look, if Lagatha got on social media, <laughs> the most popular <laughs> site on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> but look, I think uh, we digress. But just on that, just on that, just on the the Raiders. Well, I thought you were talking about Lagatha. No, nah. <laughs> it's after the show. No, nah, I'm just on. <laughs> Just well, on that. Welcome to the best that. of Vikings. Um, when you look at the Raiders, really, if you take the Raiders' last 18 months of player management, they're in trouble. Like, they haven't been able to keep people like Bateman. They're, the, the recruiting has become harder and harder at Canberra for a club that's appeared to have some success. So I, I, think, I think systemically they've got a bigger problem. And the problem is, is that people seem to go there and not want to stay. They're happy to leave. And I think that's a bigger problem when you look down the track that 
you know, you're going to find you find some of their, you know, they're going to some of their good players just going to walk away, and I think it's a bigger problem that the that the Canberra Raiders have got. It's it's only just starting to scratch the surface of, of some of the trouble that's starting to occur down in uh, the nation's capital. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. Well, I, I think they still make the eight. To be honest, I think they'll. Um, yeah. They'll be able to beat those poor sides, and I think. Someone's then we look at the Titans eight. and the Warriors. I think, uh, I think one of those ha- two teams probably makes I, it as well. I'd actually argue. Off the Titans. Yeah, well, yeah, and the other team there that you know we haven't mentioned as of yet, sitting in sixth, that I, I feel like we're all just going to assume are going to uh, <laughs> slip slide out of the top eight of the Dragons. Yeah, Graham, yeah. just Ooh. on the Dragons. Um, I recall we had a conversation. I think it was. Uh, the 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 week that Shano was not with us, um, and he asked me about the Dragons. How you know where do I see how do I rate their season? I said, well, we can't really do it. We see me in round t- after ten rounds. Yeah, yeah well, at, at that stage, they, they were four and one. Um, I, I remember listening to the. Po- I was up on cans. I was listening to the podcast. Well, we we've now at, we've hit round ten. Um, they were four and one after five rounds. They're now five and five, and mm. uh, I think they're sinking the dragons. Well, the only um, the only win they've had since that round five, I think, is the week they beat the Bulldogs. That's right. Yeah, and, and look, you know, they're, they're they're really struggling at the moment. They're they're bringing guys in from you know who retired. Uh, I think there's, I think the wheels they might not have fallen off quite yet, but they're very much uh, unhinged. Yeah, I think uh, those will moment. nuts are a bit loose. Yeah, I think well, the three teams behind them will be above them. Uh, you know, in the in the recently reasonably near future. If they're going to persist with Maguire, they're going to have to realise they're going to have three repeat sets and probably five penalties. Well, they well, won't have to worry about him for the next five weeks. Yeah, he's out for five weeks. So it's for yeah, that. Seriously, it's like a it's like a. Dragons reunion at the, uh, you know, the, on the sidelines this week. When you look at the amount of players, I was almost going to say at the judiciary, but they all entered the guilty plea. Um, I think you had Maguire, obviously Fumiano, um, Ravalava still out. You know, Tarek Sims. You've got was that four four players in Magic Round putting guilty pleas and are uh, unavailable this week. Not yeah, to mention just. Just got back from suspension. He did yep. the same thing. I mean, that's yeah. And then Dufty's got that shoulder injury. So that's that's the flying V. They're well, they're well down on troops. Lomax as well. Yeah. Mm. Look. Yeah, look, they're gonna. I reckon the next few weeks they they're gonna be done. Yeah, I think the next little while is gonna be tough. Their draw's not bad. I mean, they play the Sharks this week, the Tigers the following week, the Broncos the week after, the Bulldogs the week after that. They're four games that. You know, you go back to round five. We we say the Dragons win all four, but um, I think they win oh, against yeah. the Bulldogs and no one else. That's yeah. So uh, the Sharks, I think, will definitely fancy their chances this week, that's, and we'll get that's we'll get if no one else. That's if no one else gets uh, more weeks at the sideline. Yeah, so we'll get to that a little bit later on when we preview all of the games this week. But uh, at the top of the show, it's always best to catch up on what's happening in rugby league. And the only way we can do that is with Shano's Tidbits. 
Alright mate, what have you got for us this week? Yes, well on Shane's two bits. Well, look, if you're a Broncos fan, your salary cap just looked a lot healthier for next year because Milford will be gone. Um, his contract's not getting renewed. He he basically is not part of Kirby's plans, which which sort of um, starts asking the question, where will he go? Um, you know, you look at it, he, he probably hasn't he probably hasn't done enough to to buy any um, sort of emotional credits from any other rugby league side. So it's going to be very interesting to see what his future looks like. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I think in Australia, there's not one club that's going to touch him. Um, maybe he'll go overseas. I, I, I really don't know why. I, I really don't know. What's I can guarantee on. one thing for you, Shane. Mm-hmm. He's taken a pay cut, <laughs> even if he does get a contract. Yeah. Yeah. Anything times zero. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's. I don't yeah. think anyone the, in Australia will offer him a contract. I think he's going to be in rugby league. He's probably playing in the Super League. I think so. I think he's in the I, Super I League. I think for him that would be a, um, a good move because that's the only place he's going to get um, you know, decent coin and a, and a, and a run. So... I think that might be the way he goes. Yeah. Well, that money that look that you know he's he's going to free up a lot of money. Um, Xavier Coates is, is um is is going to go to the Storm. So on the back of that, it appears that the the Broncos, after signing uh, of course uh, Adam Reynolds, it looks like they're going to ramp up their their um their their uh bid to get Nico Hines from the Storm. So I think that would be. Very interesting. Um, what we understand is is that um, uh, Walter sat down with the uh, recruitment and retention committee. Um, we know that we know that Walters is is, is basically um, offering people, you know, open slather to look at the look at the facilities, look at what they're building, look what they're doing over in um, uh, or they're doing up at Brisbane. Just don't um, look at their ladder. Don't look at the ladder. <laughs> but um but the other thing is they they know they're going to have competition uh very shortly with that with the second side so they they're basically trying to shore up the players and the know-how to be the number one team in brisbane in the knowledge that the next team that comes they're going to have to compete with them probably that team is going to get things like cap consideration they're going to get incentives a lot like we remember with the Melbourne Storm, uh, not with the Melbourne Storms or the Melbourne Storm, they had cap concessions for years, um, but they lost premierships over it. Um, with the Gold Coast Titans, of course, Gold Coast Titans being sponsored by Audi, uh, when players got cars, that wasn't part of the cap. They did a lot of things that allowed um, that allowed the, the Gold Coast Titans to flourish for a short period of time. So most, say, most people would say it didn't work. But... Um, Look, that's that's where we're at with that. It looks like uh, Kevin Walters is hell bent on trying to get a, a an established team by the time that established good side by the time uh, that second club comes around. Uh, Mitchell Moses, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him over the next couple of weeks. Gutherson says that he's going to stay in Eel. Uh, he wants Moses to stay in Eel as well. He wants he understands that the nucleus this side has to stay. So it's going to be very interesting to see where he moves over the next couple of weeks and what happens with him moving forward for the Parramatta Eels. 
the Parramatta Eels um, board, all the coaching staff, everything seems as settled as it's been for quite a while. So they're very keen to keep the same, uh, keep the nucleus of the side and, um, and, and build stuff around that. And Mitchell Moses definitely uh, is a part of that. Look, it'll be remiss of us not to talk about the, um, the, the weekend that was in regards to um, Simbins. We did have an equal record number of Simbins in 14, three send-offs. We're going to talk a bit about that later. Mm. Um, to finish up on my tidbits this week, I thought I'd talk about some global rugby league news. Um, as you know, I, I'm a fan of rugby league around the globe. Um, some of you may have seen um, GI's debut for Warrington, where he scored the try. Um, he's injured at the moment. If you sort of, if you're, if you're trying to catch up on Super League, he's injured at the moment. But but all reports, from what I've seen of him playing, he's 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 playing very well over there. Um, if you're a GI fan, was watching that. Um, if you're some, if you're a fan of of uh, obscure rugby league competitions, I'm. Not that I should say obscure with our heritage. Um, uh, Netherlands Rugby League is set to start <laughs> back up on the 26th of June. Uh, my side, the Amsterdam Cobras, they're going to be playing. Uh, they're playing in Dorpestecht, um over there. Uh, of course, on round round two um, is on the 3rd of July. That's in Amsterdam. And then Haag has round three. So if you if you Who are... the current champions, Shane? Uh, well, because of COVID, that all went to crap. So basically, um, <laughs> basically, I, I can get, I can give you. Look, I'll give you a, um, I'll give you some insight into Dutch rugby league. And, and, you know, if you look, if you follow Dutch cricket, it's growing. Everything like that is growing. There's a three-week nines tournament to be played. Uh, basically, they want to then ramp this up into a, um, into an eleven-week sort of. Uh, an 11-week domestic league, fully revised domestic league over 11 weeks. If they do go for the 11 weeks, it would be the longest rugby league season in Dutch history. So, so we're shooting for that. Um, you know, get your stroke waffle out, have a, <laughs> a catch drop and, um, and enjoy. Uh, very Are the national team called the Ovens? Uh, <laughs> oh. They should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could be. Shivers. Yeah. Do they have they a national team? Uh they do. They do have a lot. They're mainly Australian expats, I think. Yeah. Sort of. I don't know if they're called Australian okay. or, or, yeah. or anything like that. But yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, they're they're not big in the club. But but you know, it's growing. But the, um, they may yeah, start somewhere. Big, but the fact that there's a competition yeah. there's a is a, a great competition thing. Is a good you thing. know, and 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 that's great for. Uh, I, I, what I, we I said, like to follow rugby league. rugby league, and and there's so many countries where it's played. Albeit it's it's you know obviously not a major sport in those countries, but it's a start. It's a start. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and like we said, if we can get a global competition flourishing, um, it's something that it's only good for rugby league. Look, we spoke a little while ago about North American rugby league. Of course, they're. Um, you know, they're, they're going to run an independent 14-team competition in the US and Canada. Um, that that hit a bit of a, a, a stumbling block with uh, USA Rugby League. Of course, they're a different affiliation. The N, the NARL, sort of like a Super League situation maybe, 
um, with you know, it's a lot more run. Um, they're actually going to come together. It looks like they're going to find some common ground, which is good because I think the um, the the NARL really looked like they put together a professional um, proposal to have this 14 team competition. And if they can get together and sort of amalgamate the two and, and find some common ground, that'll be really good over there. As we know, they've also got, um, they're also now looking to get university backing, um, which could mean that um, you have affiliates with Australian rugby league clubs. Um, you know, their, their plan, if you, if you look into it, their plan is so that sort of over the next 10 years that American rugby league players um, or American players who like rugby league come to Australia and start to play rugby league over here. The biggest stumbling block is, is that they can be on the bench for a uh, NFL side and earn millions more than playing rugby league. But hey, uh, it's for it's for the love of the game. Um, and uh, finally, uh, with the World Cup coming up, part of the World Cup's uh, charter is to uh, develop... Um, referees and to have a global referee base uh seven new european officials from four countries have been selected in the international rugby league um for the international Sweet. match and it looks like that there's a it's going to be a more affiliate panel um another thing if you're into rugby league to look at for international news i think everyone's getting together very shortly to start talking about um, should the NRL changes be adapted into the international uh, rules? Now, of course, uh, under international rules, there is no sticks again for infringements. It's a penalty, little things like that. So they're starting to look at, okay, what what can we use from the NRL? Uh, what can we use from Super League? How can we blend that to create a greater um, international code um, of conduct for rules? Um, some years ago, it was suggested that the NRL set the benchmark um, that that didn't come to come about. All the European countries uh, basically shut that down fairly quickly. So it's going to be very interesting because um, because there'll be European teams, and I know England will be one. There'll be teams maybe like New Zealand who think, well, hang on, that that penalty, the penalty on the try line to to, to try and alleviate the pressure. That we'll see that again, and we know that that's. The six again rule has sort of worked in that regard. It's been good in that. Surely, of the game. surely they've got to adopt it, considering you know it's a it's a game for the fans. Um, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Yeah, when you look at when you look at when you look at some of the other rules that weren't adopted, it was quite interesting. Um, for example, the twenty forty rule is not an international rule, um, but never seen one. It doesn't. Yeah, I've never seen one. <laughs> Uh, the two point two point like UFOs, goal. mate. They're probably there, but you know, uh, two point field goal outside the forty. There's, yeah. When we've seen we've seen some things in the past where we've adopted them in Australia and they just haven't been taken up. Um, I think the six again rule is something that's a must. So hopefully, very shortly, um, those negotiations take place. The the biggest problem with COVID at the moment is um, does it take place? Um, yeah. There was a there was a there was a competition to be held in Jamaica um, in the not too distant future that's been cancelled. And that was an America's based competition. Um, so COVID sort of still like, we sort of think, oh, you know, a lot of people are going on the podcast. Well, you know, America versus Jamaica, I don't see the relevance if it's been cancelled. The thing is, 
if things like that are getting cancelled, well, then a massive event like the Rugby League World Cup in England uh, needs a lot more support and a lot more um, structure around it. So, mm. you know, it's still it's a watch rules, space. Yeah. Question, you may not know the answer. Uh, I believe in the Super League, they got rid of the scrums. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes, yes. yes. Um, any push for that in the international game? or um, There is. Um, the, the reason why the international... I did read an article recently, and the reason why they want to get rid of it is they, they see it as two reasons. Basically, what happened was in, in England, you, you've got to start pr proving that dangerous activity in sports has a purpose. Now, in rugby, scrums have a purpose. In rugby league, scrums don't tend to have that purpose. They're more, let's take, let's take six players out of the, off the field or out of the play and spread the ball a bit. So what they said was, look, at the end of the day, scrums probably don't provide a lot of, or scrums don't provide a lot of um, worth or value for what the potential damage could be if someone pushed unnecessarily. And look, and that was something that came about when, when Australia got rid of them too, that if a team pushed unnecessarily and trampled on someone, was that worth it? Um, look, I don't know that, again, that's just through, um, that's just through a few things I've read. I, the real mm. reason, the, the, if that is the real reason, then I get it. I do know that that in sport in Europe, it's getting to the point where certain activity has to be justified. There was um, also, um, I remember at the time there was, and I don't know how much this weighed into it, it was also a consideration so that they could get playing with COVID and they could, and I know it yes, sounds mad, yes. but no, it I'm also limits was, part yeah, of the close was, contact. That, that was, was one of the other things I remember at the time yeah, they tried to 100%. argue. Well, what but, if they were to wear a mask in the school? Would that would go okay then? Uh -oh. <laughs> considering, considering where your head is, I don't know if the mask would help. Well, it might help when they come up against the Dutch ovens. That's, That's true. That's true. So um, I think to finish the tidbits, it's probably <laughs> going to run into Graham's gaff. The, uh, the, the amount of sin bins during the week. Yeah, Graham, just, I, yeah. I didn't see your thunder there, did I? No, look, what I'll do is, well, um, just while you mention it, we might as well go into the gaff, and I'll come back to you uh, in a moment, Griff, to, to get an um, idea of what uh, might have grabbed your eye this week. But, um, yeah, look, we might as well... Let's get the silly music out of the way. Let's go. All right, now I feel like the music, yeah, you know, I know sometimes it's a bit unfair because people make mistakes and then we play that music. Now, I want to be very clear because my gaffe this week is the state of the NRL sin bin crackdown. Now, there's many facets of this. Many people are going to say, oh, you know, Graham's thinking it's a mistake for them to look out for the welfare of the players. This is, there's a lot of moving parts and this is a very complicated situation. One gaffe. The main gaffe, I think, is that we need to be very clear on what a simbin is. So there were things on the weekend where a lot of people say that shouldn't have been simbin, and we ended up placing the simbin. Like you said, Shane, we had about 14 simbins. Uh, the three send-offs, okay, we can talk about them separately. But I don't think that it's um, going to do wonders for the game as a spectator sport if we've got every game players going to the simbin. The other side of this in regards to the gaff is um, 
and I want to get your thoughts too on this as well, fellas. We're now starting to see it acceptable where something occurs on the field and three plays later, the referee's getting something in his ear from the bunker or whoever it is, and then they're going back. That's one other aspect. And the third aspect of the situation that I think is a bit of a gaffe is the fact that the players themselves were told how much of a crackdown there was going to be. And even late on in the week, we had players on Sunday who had sat there and watched the Friday and Saturday games commit absolutely horrendous um, passages of play. Like Herman SASA, that was an unbelievable um, tackle in any era, let alone one where you're getting Sinbin for sneezing on the field. Um, but... I don't know what you guys think of the crackdown. Um, I'm all for trying to look out for the welfare and the safety of the players. I think the game has to do something. Obviously, Volandis is a big proponent of that. I don't know if we've got it right. I don't think this is sustainable. Um, you know, I'll ask you, Griffo, is this something we want to see every week? You know, 14 Simmons, three send-offs, players walking on eggshells, going back three plays to find something wrong. Graham, uh, we're not going to see it every week. They're going to wise up. Yeah. Um, and if they don't, they're fools. Uh, I, I'm very supportive of of what Peter Volandis is trying to do here. And I saw an interview with him, uh, I think, on Monday night. Because he, he's um, it's quite a lot of criticism um, about it. Uh, but he knows that given the way things are going in the world, litigation and whatnot, and what we've seen in the, uh, the NFL, potential for past players to come back and say, look, I played this game and now I can't remember what happened five minutes ago because it's stuffed with my brain so much. Um, he's trying to avoid some sort of class action like I think what we saw with the NFL. Mm. <clears throat> and, and financially, that could cripple, cripple yeah. the game. We might have no game. And we know a lot more about concussion these days too. That's another thing to keep exactly. in mind. So, I, I, I support Volandis. Um, obviously, you know, last week what we saw was, uh, for some, was unexpected. Um, but I think the majority of those decisions where players were binned, I, I, I agree with. Um, certainly, the three send-offs, I'm 100% behind the referees there. Definitely. They should have been sent off. Um, going back to the conversations I was having with Shane on last week's show, we both agreed that um, the Doggy Brown should have went um, mm. for the knees in the back. Yeah. But he, you know, he caught, but he caught two or three weeks. I mean, he should have caught a lot more than that, to be honest. But he took the early guilty plea. But he should not have been on the field after that. Nakora, again, Nakora, Nakora, whichever, Nick, <laughs> Nick should have went for 10 as well. I've you been know. shampooing my hair, listening, thinking of you guys yeah. all week. But so, so we saw that last week and we were critical of, 
of the fact that Parramatta played with 13 men when really they should have been down to 11. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm going to turn around a week later and say, oh, no, we can't have 11 on the field. We should have 11 on the field if a player has committed foul play. If yeah. two players have committed foul play, they've got to go. You know, don't. It, coaches have got to start telling their, their players, look, these are the, this is the rules as they are. We don't see shoulder charges anymore, or it's, we do sometimes. It's very rare. Yeah. But we essentially, they're out of the game. It's very rare to see a punch in the game these days. I think Curtis Scott might have been the last player that that uh, that threw one. Well, maybe there's been one since, but it's a rarity. Whereas in the in the past, you expected those things. Players don't do that now, and players won't hit people in the head. You're going to get the odd accident. That's hap- That's going to happen. But essentially, it will be out of the game, apart from some things that just accidental uh, things where, you know, maybe the, you know, uh, it moves up off the ball or something like that. Mm. Defenders are going to have to lower the target area, and they will. Now, I've, I've been listening to a few other uh, podcasts and, and watching programs, and there's some have been really critical of, of what happened last week, saying it ruined Magic Round and whatnot, and people paid money, and, and, and then, um, you know, they, they were watching mismatches. Well, what I say to that is, if those guys didn't hit the other guy in the head, they would have stayed on the field. And the right teams won as well. I can't say it cost anyone. The right the teams that deserved to win on the weekend won, didn't they, Griff? Look, the teams that spent most of the time with 13 players on the field generally won. Um, there were some games where, for the Dragons, for example, when they went down, I think there were 11 men at one stage, 12 for the rest of the game, they were never a chance. But that's their own fault. Is there anyone who disagrees with Fui Mayono no. being sent off? No, no. there's not, a, not anyone who said, oh, no, we shouldn't have went off. So what's the argument then? Could we almost argue that this is the way that the game should have been refereed and they haven't been using the Simbin or the send-off enough and it's pushed the game to a point where players have been getting away with things and now we're really Absolutely. just coming back to where it needs to be? Well, you know, the, easy, the easy option was, was to put them on report. Yeah, and let the judiciary about worry it about over it. Over the years on this, on this podcast... It doesn't help the that, team that way. That it shouldn't... Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Yep. The, the team that it's happened against, it hasn't benefited them. Sorry, Shane. Go no, on. no, I was just going to... I think the whole putting the high shot on report set this all back five years. The biggest problem, the worst rule in rugby league that came in, and there's been some shockers, is that a penalty can't be given for a high shot unless it's deemed reportable. Mm. So we had for for years, players getting hit high and the referee going, no, they've had a look at it, it's okay, play on. The guy's got to go for HIA. 
So, and, and then all of a sudden, oh, no, 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 it wasn't that high. Well, hang on, the guys failed an assessment. So it must have rattled in somehow. So, you, so, but they've said, because it's not reportable, we can't do anything. And that's totally subjective. So what they've now done is now gone, oh, hang on, if it's getting hit in the head, you, you're off. The problem with the NRL, look, what they've done now is beautiful. I think anyone that says the refs ruined Magic Round, no, the refs didn't ruin Magic Round. The, the players, players, made, the players made the situation, right? The problem is, is that years ago, there was this system set up because they didn't want players sent in the bin to say, well, if unless it's not reportable, it's actually now not a penalty because they said people were milking it. Then we get HIA and they still didn't update the rule. The problem is, the, the good thing is now we've got someone like Volandis who can see the forest for the trees. People before him couldn't do it. And we had players getting hit high and then the ref going, oh, no, it's not a reportable offence. Fast forward, we've now jumped to this point where if you get hit high, you go into the bin. I think we're at the right point. The problem is, last week, the rule was so far backwards, it wasn't funny. And, and we had situations where people were failing HIA assessments with not even a penalty. And now we're upset that we, they're going back three plays to give it. I think the biggest problem lies with the referee and the referee's bosses sitting on their hands for such a long time that now they're being caught out yet again. You know, they've been caught, caught up with out. them. It's caught up with them yeah. in, a, in a really bad way. Thankfully, we have it right now. What we saw on the weekend should have happened over the last four years. The biggest problem is the referees' bosses were sitting on their hands. Can I bring something up too? When, when, um, Bill Harrigan was made the referee's boss and for, for his tenure that year that he was there before he was sacked for reasons best known to everyone else, he actually brought this up as something he would like to see in, that any shot high goes to the bin. In the knowledge, and he was very open when he said this, once you start sending people to the bin, it won't happen. They'll stop doing it. They'll stop doing it. Rugby league players since the under sixes have been told to test the referee. They tested them on the weekend and they failed. So be it. And you know what? We're not. We're also not um, not forgetting. I think and I, and dip my hat to him because you know he's someone that we know and uh, known for many years. Grant Atkins, um, who started giving who who the first sin bin was because of repeated um, six again calls. And I thought that was beautiful. I thought, you know what? It's about time. I know that got lost a little bit. But you know what? You've had four in a row. And what I liked about it was the first 10 in the bin he gave that had a massive winch. Where's our warning? He goes, no, no, no. I don't have to give you anything. I thought, right. thank God. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah. So I, I take my hat off to him. I think it's, a, it's where, where we are at where we're meant to be at. It took a bit of pain. But we're there. Mm. The I agree. I agree. Yeah. Sorry, Greg. Go on, man. I was going to say, the only... Um, remember we, we went through it the... Uh, it was probably a couple of weeks ago now when they put out the release saying they're going to crack down on things. There's one thing that they, they had mentioned. Do you guys recall when we were, when I read it out, they were going to crack down on the breaking in the scrums? And I'm not sure that that's something that uh, 
we really saw enforced as much. It's not a big thing, but it's just something I wanted to mention because there were a couple uh, of times I felt on the weekend twice, where... Twice. One was horrendous. There was one game where... Was where it Saturday, didn't get called? Saturday, it didn't get called. No, they he's broke saying, early. He's saying, hold, hold, hold. They yeah, and they're out. And yeah. he's like, oh, play on. It's like, yeah. no... You're yeah. mic'd up, mate. You're an idiot. Like, you're mic'd yeah. up. People, you, we heard you say, hold, hold, hold. Yeah. And should have been a penalty. It wasn't. And that, and I think that's because, you know, that's the thing. Rugby league players are told they're born to test the ref. Yep. And, and the minute they get away with it, bang. Yep. They're going to bring it up. It might have been the, the, nah, blah, 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 no. It was a game well, on the weekend. I can't well, it looks as no, though... No, it wasn't on the weekend. No, it was on Friday night. So I apologise. It was the Broncos game. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was the one before it. Tigers game. Tigers game. Sure. I don't I just, uh, as I, I mentioned... <laughs> no, I uh, in the bush on Saturday, so... I, I mentioned before the show that what I would like to see happen is the introduction, the reintroduction of the five-minute sin bit. Yep. Yeah. And... Yeah. I've, again, I'm listening to a few things. That there was a lot of confusion about when does a ref give five minutes, when do they give ten minutes. Well, I suggest it's really easy. If it's foul play, they get ten minutes. If it's a professional foul or repeated offences where there's not you know, any sort of foul play as such, give them five. Yep, so a high tackle's ten in the bin, lying on a player, five in the bin. Yeah. You know, yep. just, you know, pull a back who's yep. about to score a try. It's not foul play, but five in the bit. Is 10 minutes, just in general, um, is 10 minutes an, a realistic, suitable, adequate, whatever word you want to use, amount of time to be down a player? In this day and age, in this modern game, and I know what you're sort of alluding to there, Griff, is, is an alternative to this, is losing a player for 10 minutes, um, I don't know, is it, is it too big a punishment? Does it does it sway yeah. the game too much? Can, is it too I, long? Can I can I say something there, Gray? And I thought yeah. about this, because I've been thinking about five minutes one as well. If you, if you do a foul, so for example, I lay on the player and I'm the unlucky one, it's the fourth repeat set and I get 10 to bin, I miss more than 10% of the game. Yeah. That's pretty big. Like, and the, 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 the subsequent the penalties could have been given away by another like, bloke. Like, like I, I, I miss effectively one-eighth of the game. That's pretty. That's a big chunk of time. Like, like if, if someone was to say a game can be won or lost with 10 minutes to go, well, you've got to play it out for that 10 minutes. That's why I think, look, I, I think that the, the punishment's got to fit the crime. 10 minutes is massive. It's more than 10% of the game. Yeah. Um, eight minutes being 10%. Um, I'm, look, I'm not going to get get into the stupidity of, of a... I remember a few years ago, someone touted the old eight minutes and four minutes because that's 10 and 5% of the game. And you think, yeah, okay, percentage-wise it works. Um, I'm not going to get into that. But yeah, I, I think for a lot of things, you know, 5% of the game, which is, you know, five minutes is a bit just over 5% of the game. I think that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. You know, you, you're off for two sets. You're off for two sets. You've done the punishment. The only, the only thing I think is that if a player was in a try scoring position and you stop that, maybe that's worth 10. Maybe. Hmm. 
Now, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds in the next couple of weeks, I suppose. We'll, we'll get a pretty good idea of it this week. But before we start looking towards um, what's happening this week, we might go to Griffo and see what grabbed Griffo's eye for Griffo's grab this week. Griffo, what have you got for us this week? What bit of magic caught your eye? Okay, uh, for this week, uh, the man who is getting a lot of publicity at the moment caught my eye, Nathan Cleary. Um, The co-captain of the Penrith Panthers, he's in career best form at the moment. So I'll just go through some of his stats. 28 points for the game, made up of three tries, eight from eight conversions. He ran for a total of 173 metres. Now, you don't see that too often from a halfback. No. Um, I'm not going to say it's a record because I'm sure probably someone has run longer than by taking an intercept try and picked up 90 metres. But 173 metres that's not what you expect from a halfback yet yeah, that's what he delivered from 18 runs um and and i think back a few years one of the criticisms of nathan cleary was he didn't run the ball he's got his running game it's it's as good as any other halfback with a running game now um three line breaks Three line break, uh, two sorry, two line break assists, two try assists, nine tackle breaks. Again, he's a halfback. They are not halfback figures. Nine tackle breaks. Uh, he's gone also for well, you know, he's got kicking game as well. Um. He got a couple of forced dropouts, and he, you know, he's, he's obviously controlled the kicking game as he does every week. Um, wasn't a hundred percent, you know, a hundred out of a hundred because he did miss a, a tackle uh, that uh, where Bo Firma scored a try, and there was another one which they didn't put down as a missed tackle, but he's come in when he need to, and the Gold Coast end up scoring there. So. Um, it wasn't a perfect performance, but I tell you what, if he can produce that every game, if you've got your number seven with those figures, you ain't losing any games. No. Well, he, he, he's, on, he's, on, he's on track to smash the Daily M record. The JT won, um, I forget what year it was, where he won by Country Miles, almost three points. He's on track to, to absolutely smash that. That's, no one will catch him. The only thing, and that's that's including he's going to miss probably he's going to miss well he's going to be an origin, and um, yeah he's he's on track to smash the the record for the most Dalian points in a year, and I I think he's going to get it. I I just can't see anyone touching him at this point in time. And it's amazing too. Was he about twenty three years old? Is that yeah. yeah? He's already played a hundred over hundred games. So he's 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 going to look. He could he could well play for another ten years, and I hope he does. And 
I think that <laughs> should this podcast still be going at that stage, we'll uh, we'll definitely be talking about him as one of the greatest ever. I think. I think he's just got that potential. Um, he's he's this generation's. Yeah, you know, I know it's not that long ago, but uh, for the for the the kids these days, he's he's the Andrew Johns. I think he's starting. He's starting to play. He's starting to have that influence on the game, like uh, like Joey, mm. with that running game, with his hitting in defence. Yeah, I mentioned he missed, a, you know, one or two tackles the other day. Yeah, but he but made he about made twenty. Plenty. He made plenty. <laughs> when well, you're making twenty, yeah, yeah, he makes. He he'll tackle anyone. Um, he's a big boy. He's you know. Mid ninety kilos, like ninety five, ninety six kilo. Um, he's a big, strong lad. There's nothing. There's nothing at the moment that he can't do. Um, and you know, barring injury, um, the Graham, what you mentioned, if he c- continues on this trajectory, he is going to be talked about at the end of his career as one of the greats. And one of the most capped. He's, uh, well, uh, if yeah, uh, you expect you expect barring injury that he will go on and and, and play you know three hundred plus games. Um, you, you cannot predict the future. No. To be considered one of the greats, he has to he has to win premierships. Now, Penrith haven't won a premiership with any of these boys playing, so while they're talked about a lot. As, as sort of an amazing team, and they are, they have to win on yes. that night before these superlatives can really be put in concrete. Um, they've got an amazing win-loss record over the last 12 months, but it's the win-loss ratio come grand final night yeah. that will be remembered. Not how many games you win in a, in a row during the season. Um, so, I, I, I th- look, obviously they can win the cup. But anything could happen on that prelim final. Something could go wrong that night. You don't even make the grand final. Um, mm. You guys are South supporters. You, you've seen them. <laughs> we know that that night can go yeah. wrong. <laughs> it can go wrong. But, and that's the thing. Three years. That's the thing. In the past, um, I'm going back a long time, when we had a final five, if you were the minor premiers, you only had to win one game and you're straight into the grand final. Yeah. There was no... You you had to lose a game before you're in a knockout situation. It's not the case these days. Um, So, you know, while there's a lot of... Everyone's saying, oh, Penrith, you know, they're you know, they're rampant competition favourites, and they are, it means nothing now. It counts only when you get to those big games. Yeah. They'll be in the in the mix. They're going to make those big games, but you've got to win them. Hmm. And, and, and you could even say, even this far out, that if you have Penrith coming up a, against, a, say, a red-hot storm in a, a grand final qualifying match... Um, yeah, there's no guarantees there that, Not that, at all. that they there get past no that guarantees. hurdle. So 
No it's guarantees. A, we always say it's a new competition when finals come around. Um, we've still got a long way to go yeah. until those finals. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's six weeks from the end. It's six weeks. It's They're doing everything right, though. That and Nathan Cleary is that six weeks from catalyst. The end. Yeah, Look, and you'd just... rather be you'd rather be ten and old than where anyone else is on the ladder. True, and um, and I th- I think, but like you said, Griffo, I think Nathan Cleary is is that key. Um, but I mean, they've shown that they can have players out and and still get the job done. They've had times yeah, throughout yeah. this year where they've had players out. Not too and, many, Graham. To be fair, I know, but. Um, they don't like okay. Coruscant was out for a large part of that he was, um, he that was. season, and you get you know um, like Mitch Kenny coming. Mitch like, Kenny played well. Great depth. Um, yeah, they only played one decent side in that time while Coruscant was out. Really, I think. Yeah, um, I that just, was Melbourne. Look, I, I, I know it's a different Melbourne kettle of missing a few of themselves that night. Yeah, so. and yeah, or well, that that was the night where um, well, Cleary was missing Cleary that night was too, out as but, well, but yeah, the Melbourne had some players out. Well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just think that um, I don't know. We we often say they look enthusiastic. They look happy to be a part of the club. They're just kids having fun, and when you're having fun, enjoying yourself, you're playing with your mates, and you're super skillful. Um, I, I, I think. Look, I'm very confident that uh, you know, they're 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 by far the team to beat this year. By far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they may be the team to beat this year, but uh, look, there'll be um, there'll be oh, one team, especially South Sydney, looking to beat them this week. But before we get to the South game, we've got a few other games to look at. And uh, we might just look ahead, fellas, to um, this weekend of footy because there are some really uh, good clashes that uh, we're going to see this week, a lot of close clashes. So we might as well get straight into it. Okay, so we've got this week, starting out the week, we're back to Thursday night footy, which is always good to see. Um, bit of an interesting one for a Thursday night. We go up to Can- uh, sorry, we go up to Queensland, I should say, up to Townsville with the Cowboys taking on the Newcastle Knights. So in regards to uh, the team news up there in Townsville, there has been um, some news for the Cowboys we know that last week Cohen has failed his HIA in their loss to the Roosters. Uh, he'll be sitting out this week's match because they do have a short turnaround. Uh, Gilbert comes into the starting side to replace Hess. Uh, they've got a new uh, young back rower coming in to make his debut. I don't know a lot about him. Uh, his surname is uh, Lukey, I think that's how you might say it, or Lucky. We'll see how lucky the Cowboys are uh, this week. They do have a pretty good record against the uh, It's Helium Lukey. Lukey, is it? Yeah. Lukey, yes. yeah, I thought it was. I thought good, it was Lukey. Good, good, good. I haven't seen him play good much. Possibles, young man. Yeah, he's 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 got some good skills. Okay, well, for the Knights, one of their players that has a lot of skills uh, was ruled out today. That's Bradman Best. Um, he's just uh, given into that hamstring strain suffered last week against the Tigers. Uh, so we're just currently waiting now for the revised lineup. Uh, that'll probably come through, uh, whilst we're recording this yeah, podcast. I've, I've got it in front of me, Graham. Oh, Griffo. Blake Green has come okay. in at number 21. Yep. And they've put Kurt Mann into the centers. Okay. And, uh, yep. Phoenix Crossland has gone to 5 eighth. 
All right, thanks for that update there, Griffo. That's great to see. Uh, and as you'd expect there, a little bit of a backline shuffle. Um, we also know uh, that Heimel Hunt's been sidelined. He's got a bit of a hamstring injury uh, too, so Musgrove's in the side. Um, still no Kalen Ponga. He was out last week. Tex Hoy's going to play in at fullback again. I mentioned there just very briefly that the Cowboys... Um, their record against the Knights isn't too bad. Um, With the way the, the Knights are playing, it's going to get better. Yeah, I mean, I mean the it's Knights... It's going to get better. I've got to say, Knights, I think the there's about playing. 15 other teams that wouldn't have a bad record against the Knights over the last five years or so. Yeah. Well, the Knights have only... I think they've won... They haven't won in Townsville since 2015. And I think they've only won one of their past 15 games in Queensland. And obviously last week was one of those. Um, we've alluded to it here on the podcast, Shano, but uh, the Knights, they were, they were disappointing, and I think they ruined everyone's tips. Uh, not mine. Yeah, not mine. Yeah, the Tigers. Yes. Uh, oh. When I heard Ponga was uh, out. Uh, uh, I had I them on the, the tipping wrong, comp. I pressed the wrong button on, that, on, on the one that we're a part of, but on, on my other two tipping comps, I, I pressed the right button and got the, the Tigers. Um they're a different side without Ponga, um, and and they they're now clutching at straws in regards to their selections. I look at their tank list this week, and I really think that that they're starting to be a side where they're they're digging holes to fill holes. They're they're trying to plug, you know, they're trying to plug areas. They're trying to promote some sort of play. The biggest problem with the Knights and in any rugby league team that gets like this, it's really. It's, it's real danger signs for them is when all of a sudden, you know, sometimes a, a team's got to say, all right, just got to get a bit more defensive. Like take the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They've got to get a bit more defensive. So they can tweak things to get a bit more defensive. For the for the, um, for the the Knights at the moment, they've got to tweak things in both areas. They've got to get more attack and they've got to get more defense, which means that basically where, you, where you're putting someone in to try and add value, you're going to know you're going to leave points. I think that at the moment they're struggling to find the balance. I've said it all year. I think their forward pack is soft. I don't think they're playing to their full potential. Um, I, I think really they're underperforming massively, which is not helping their back line in any way, shape or form. Um, take the, the Cowboys. Look, Cowboys have found a little bit of mojo. Um, find it very interesting that they're, they're resting Cohen Hare, so he's coming. He, he's, I think he's still not right after the HIA. Um, looking at their one six seven nine, I think it's I think it's a bit more settled than what the the Knights have to offer. Jason Tamalamo's in the side uh, that always adds value. I just think, look for for me, when you're looking at the Knights, the Knights are trying to find both attack and defence. Uh, with a forward pack that's just underperforming massively. Uh, when you look at the, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are finding a bit of mojo. They've got a bit of attack. They're, they're starting to get some steel on defence. Uh, I'm looking at this one, and I'm seeing, Graham, nothing more than a Cowboys win. So, Griffo, um, Cowboys this week, I think a lot of people will be pretty keen on them at home. Um, I feel like you might be learning the same way. <laughs> Simple as that. I, um, <laughs> I think Newcastle are they're a really disappointing rugby league team. Um, 
they got a lot of big names in that club. They've got a lot of big performers, though. Uh, um, I think they're really missing uh, Junior Pierce. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not missing, really. I can't see they're missing anyone in the forward pack, but as Shane said, they're, they're underperforming. Most of those guys are on, on pretty good cash. They're not performing up to their their price tag. Um, the coach came out and said, you know, they got a losing culture. And I guess they probably have. Um, they should be doing better. A guy like Bradman Best, I know he's not playing this week, but I think he's, his best would be if he went to another club. Um, imagine if Bradman Best was at the Melbourne Storm. He'd be very, very good. Um, I can't tip this team without uh, without Kalen Ponga. That's fair call. Maybe if they were playing the Bulldogs, possibly the Sharks, but there's there's no one I can tip the Knights against if they ain't got Ponga. Mm. Um, I thought that was interesting about the uh, losing culture comment. I heard that too, and I thought to myself, well, isn't that your job to fix that? I think he said that, Shane. Yeah, I, no, he did. Yeah. Oh, he did. He did. I heard yeah. it, and that's what I thought. I honestly thought when I heard it, and, and I, I, I totally forgot about you just brought it up, then Griffin. I, I thought when he said it, I said, thought that's your job, you know, like. Oh, he did. He did part- say that it's his yeah, job yeah, to fix did. it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Did yeah, and it's. I feel the same. Well, you're part of that culture as much as anyone. I yeah, I just think their forward packs are shambles. They're not, like you said, they're not going anywhere near it. Yeah. You'd um, you'd, you'd definitely have to think that the Cowboys are the team to pick in this one. But you know, as you said, I think it's um, I think it's more of a case that uh, a lot of tipsters this week are going to be looking at the disappointment of the Knights. The Cowboys are one of those teams, though, aren't they? Where you just don't know sometimes what you're going to get from them. Um, definitely don't know that, Graham. That's the um, that's the really hard part. Um, you know, some weeks you feel like they're in the game. Every now and then. And when they win games, they only just snag them. Like, you look at that one-point win over the Broncos. They had that uh, two-point win over the Raiders a few weeks back. But uh, they're as good a chance as anyone this week, the uh, the Cowboys. So I'm I'm pretty confident as well, fellas, that uh, the tipsters can, uh, can jump on the Cowboys this week just purely on the fact that uh, the Knights are on the slide. Three names there, Graham, that... that- clinch it for me. Holmes, Drinkwater, Talmalolo. Yeah. yeah. There's and no one in the other side who can match what no. those guys bring as far as I'm concerned. No. no, especially as you said with Ponga missing, Pierce is still missing. Um, and I feel like every week we're, we're just talking about the um, the progress and the skill of uh, Scott Drinkwater. We're, we're big fans of his and I think yeah. that um, you know, and obviously, as you said, Val Holmes, talented player. You know, a lot of a lot of people have different opinions about him, but you can't deny how talented he is, and he does have the ability to um, to to pull something out of nothing when needed. So, for that strike power alone, I think the uh, the Cowboys might be the way to go this week. Yeah. All right, the second game of the week uh, will be the early game on Friday at six p.m. This is a Warriors home game up at Gosford. They'll be taking on the West Tigers. Uh, so we've got the Tigers coming off uh, 
the win last week against the Knights, who we just talked about. Uh, for the Warriors, uh, their main injury news is uh, involving Josh Curran. Now, they're looking at about a month for him being out after that hyperextended uh, right elbow in the game against Parramatta. Uh, in other news, uh, Rocco Berry has failed his HIA. He's not named, uh, but we do see Montoya coming back to take Berry's place. Uh, Kane Evans, he's back in the starting side at prop. Um, Jazz Tavega goes uh, to the bench. Jack Murchie's going to get a start this week in the back row. Uh, and Bailey Sirenen, he's still doing the hokey pokey. Uh, he's out this week with a knee problem. Uh, Mamalo, he's actually scored six tries in these past six games at Central Coast Stadium. Um, Murdoch Masilla has also been scoring a lot of points. So we know that there's a bit of strike still in this Warriors team. Whereas for the Tigers, um, well, Michael Maguire, you'd imagine after winning a game, he's not going to stress out too much. Uh, last week, there was a lot of talk about uh, he at centre, Moses and Bayer at 5'8". Um, it's probably fair to say, fellas, that that, uh, that worked out pretty well for them. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, Griffo, I've actually thought that um, Adam DeWay, he's really settled in and cemented himself as a solid first-grade footballer this year. I think he already was, to be honest, Graham. Uh, but you're right, he's been there, along with Dane Laurie, they've been the two standouts for these guys. Uh, a lot of talk about, you know, Maguire was criticised for putting DeWay here into the centres and bringing him by at six. And then, you know, he was justified. It's a master stroke. It's not a master stroke. They won a game. <laughs> they won a, that's it. They won one game. Yeah. But what, what was you very know, interesting was the way he, quite often, he was the go-to guy, especially in that early run of points. He was the guy that just grabbed, like, he was playing 5-8. I don't know who the hell was in the centres, but half the time he was playing 5-8. He just Look, seems to be in the right place at the right time a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's their best option at number six. I don't care what anyone says he is their best number six yes he can play number three and do it well because he's a quality player um i'll tell you if it's a master stroke if in five weeks time these guys are in the top eight master stroke if not well i i i'm yet to be convinced that the way he's a better option for these guys in the centers I bet you, if you asked he where he wants to play, he he play in, in number six because he's the, he's he's quality. Moses Mbai, sometimes he has a good game. You know, he had a good game last week. Can he back it up? Can he back it up the week after that? That's the question. This is an even money bet for mine. Um, two teams that, if they play to the best of their ability, they're very good. Problem is, that might happen once out of every three or four weeks. Mm. Um, I I did back the Tigers last week, um, but I only did it after I found out that Ponga was out. And I, I went in and changed my tips, something that I don't normally like to do because I've burnt myself in the past when I've done it. But um, Tigers got up last week, and they were quite good. I, you know, credit where it's due. Luke Brooks was excellent. Um, but they were playing the Knights. Um, this week they play the Warriors. Now, again, this is another team that 
You don't know what you're going to get with the Warriors. For the Warriors, if you're a Warriors uh, supporter, you know that if you're going to make the top eight, you have to beat the West Tigers. This is one of the teams that is jostling for those bottom three positions along with themselves. Um, for mine, I don't know if the Tigers are going to play well two weeks in a row. They may. But I'm going to tip the Warriors here. Um, although I'm not convinced by the Warriors, I look through their team list. I do see quality there in Tuivasa-Shek. Reese Walsh have got coming off the bench. I'd have him in the starting lineup. We did see he made a big difference when he came into the game last week. Um, he's he's an absolute uh, quality player, Reese Walsh. There's points in him. Um, both teams, you just as I said, you don't know what you're going to get. It's a 50-50, but I'm going Warriors, Shane. Griff, I... I can't disagree with you with who you picked up picking the Warriors as well um with with no with no um confidence though they're coming off two losses where really at times have been out of their depth I thought last week there were certain areas and certain times where they were in the game and out of the game I look at the Tigers and I just I just think the Tigers are these groups of individuals that seem to be playing well when they want to. Um, look, without a shadow of a doubt, they, they blew they blew them off the park early last week. But in saying that, they didn't get they didn't get much thrown at them. Um, look, Dewey, Dwayne, um, however you want to say it, uh, Dwayne, I suppose how you meant to say it. Um, he he is phenomenal. He's their best player. He is a footballer. Uh, he, like you said, Griff, he can play anywhere. Um, but I, look, I'm 50-50. I don't know if I'll change my tip. I probably won't. But I've, I've got, yeah, I've got the Warriors just, and yeah, I really can't add any more than what Griffo said. Sorry, just before we hear from Graham, mm. Graham, we we had a chat earlier about uh, a gaff, uh, a possible gaff from last week. <laughs> And uh, pinpointed it to 6.38 p.m. I've just seen the player's name. You might be able to tell me uh, what the incident was, but it was the West Tigers wingers, Tommy Talau. Uh, he was over the, his own try line, I think, and he threw uh, a crazy ball. Um, and it looked like the opposition, opposition were going to have a try awarded, but there was something that went wrong. Um, they didn't ground it correctly or something, and it was no try. That's, uh, that's a fair um, gaff. That's, can you remember that incident? Yeah, where he's throwing it back in. But yeah, yeah. And isn't it funny how just the sin bin situation overshadowed? That's a genuine gaff. I like that one. That's a bona fide genuine gaff. I do like that, Griffo. Players doing silly things in their own in goal. You got to love it. Um, look, he'll be trying. He, he won't want to do that this week because there's plenty of Warriors players that'll jump on that and won't make a meal of it. He's lucky he did it against the Knights. Um, I, I, I still really like this Warriors team. I find that with the Tigers, the Tigers have a win 
and everyone gets hyped up about them and then they disappoint us. The Tigers are due to disappoint us this week and I know that sounds horrible, Tigers fans, but they are coming up against a team that still has a lot of strike power in it. Um, We probably haven't even talked this season enough about Roger Tuovasa-Shek. I mean, in all fairness, we've talked about the fact that Nathan Cleary is well out in front in the Daily M Award. Um, I'm pretty sure that Roger Tuovasa-Shek's the bloke who's coming in second. And for a team that's, uh, you know, in the middle of the of the competition have lost more games than what they've won. That's not a bad effort. You'd expect a, um, a player from a team who's won quite a few games to be getting the points each week. Shows his influence, shows his um, talent and skill. I still think that the Warriors have a really big and skillful forward pack. I think that... Um, it's funny too. I was almost going to say a lot of people might tip them because they're at home this week. They've... they've They've done really well to transition and they've shown a lot of resiliency to make Gosford their home. I, I like the Warriors this week. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, you can never be confident when the these teams are playing in the middle there, but uh, I, I, I think they'll get they'll do enough to get the job done. All right, moving on to our Friday night footy, 7.55 p.m. Uh, The Sharks will be hosting the Dragons. So uh, in regards to team news this week for the Sharks, I'll do the Sharks first because there's a bit to talk about with the Dragons, and I've already mentioned a bit about that. But uh, the Sharks is nice and easy. They don't have any changes uh, to the 17 that lost to South Sydney in Magic Round. But... um, Please keep in mind that 17 did did slightly change uh, going into the game. The main news that people need to know is in regards to Sean Johnson. He's named at number 18 this week on the reserves list. If you're a Sharks fan, you'll be hoping that uh, he might be good to go and be able to slot into the team. Whereas the Dragons, uh, as I said before, they're going to be without Josh Maguire for five weeks. Um, Fumayano is also out for five weeks. Ravalawa is out for two weeks. He's another bloke that's doing the hokey pokey. He's in, then he's out. Uh, Tarek Sims is gone for one week. All four of those blokes entered guilty pleas this week. Uh, and they were all charges coming out of Magic Round. And Matt Dufty also with a shoulder injury is sidelined. So um, the big magic trick was making uh, a lot of dragons disappear from Magic Round last week. There were aspects of that game from the Sharks too last week where you felt as though they might get back in there, Shano, and give the, the Rabbitohs a bit of a run at the end. We saw South get over the top of them. Um, we've talked briefly about the Dragons, though. Uh, Sharks, definitely a good opportunity for them to uh, to get back in the winner's circle this week. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Graham, particularly in the Sharks this week. I just look at the... Look, when you look at who's out, Maguire, Dufty, Rawalawa, Sims and Fuimono, there's some pretty, um, you know, to, to the Dragons themselves, there's some pretty important players. Um, looking at their side, it really does diminish the quality that they had. Um, some would argue that they probably didn't have quality, but... Yeah, it did it does diminish the quality that they've had. And when you look at the other side of the ledger with Sean Johnson coming back in, um, that really bodes well for for a um, for a 
Sharks win. The Sharks last week, I thought, showed some some flashes of really good football. Um, again, they've got this problem where where they they do silly things in their own forty, either dropping it or missing tackles. Um, also, also last week, I thought their forward pack really did play well. I thought their forward pack aimed up actually um, quite a bit. When you look at when you look at people like Tolman, Woods, Nakora, Graham, Rudolph with Braley in it, um, Hooker, that's a fairly settled forward pack for them. And I think that's what the Sharks are starting to look at. What can they do to start being a far more settled side? When I look at the other side, the leisure, really, you know, Larry, McCulloch, Vaughan, Kerr, Ford and Phil Masuli, um, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to push forward enough to give the back line what it needs to to, to um, what needs to have ammunition to to get over the try line. I I just look across the shark side compared to the dragon side. I see too much class on the field, and for the dragons, there's too much of their mainstay um, sitting on the bench this week. So I've got the sharks. Okay, so Griffo, another thing too, I mean, in this game, I'm actually expecting a lot of points, um, basically due to the fact that uh, these are the, the two teams that have missed more tackles than any other in the competition. Um, it's also interesting to see for the Sharks, Toby Rudolph and Chad Townsend are actually one and two in regards to missed tackles. Uh, what, it, what are your thoughts on... Um, on, on the Sharks coming out of that game against South Sydney last week and those obvious defensive deficiencies. Graham, uh, yeah, both these teams are not very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what yeah. makes it a hard that's, game that's, to pick. That's um, basically what I was saying, but I was trying to do it in a fancy mind. way. I've given you a few stats. Being the Portaloo game of the week. Oh, Shane, look. Yeah, look, in terms of quality of roster, yeah. But in terms of what we're going to see, I, I think it It'll might be actually good. be a, a good game. Um, I think it's going to be competitive. Uh, it's a local derby. And traditionally, it didn't really matter where either team was on the ladder. They, they both fire up for this game. Um, my inclination earlier today was to be tipping the Sharks because I'd heard how, you know, the Dragons were decimated um, with players out. But I'm not worried about the players out. I'm just looking at the players in. Um, because to be honest, I had the Dragons running last as it was at the start of the year. But they've won five games. They've already overachieved. No, I think so. <laughs> Look, they've, they've guaranteed that they won't win the wooden spoon because the Bulldogs are not going to win more than five games. Um, looking at this team, Ramsey's a good player. I think they will miss Dufty because in terms of attack, Dufty is crucial to what the Dragons do in scoring tries. Uh, or Finai, as I hear it pronounced, he's pretty good. Jack Bird's in really good form. Billy Burns, look, I, I think Billy Burns is, 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 is a decent player, 
I think he's better suited to the back row than the centres, to be honest. Pereira's done some good things when he's been in first grade. Norman and Hunt, that's their, that's their start in six and seven. You know, if irrespective of who's out or in, Laurie and Vaughan are their starting props again, irrespective of who's available, as McCulloch at hooker. Josh Kerr has, has been a mainstay in the second row. Jackson Ford is a young guy who's played a lot of first grade. And Farmer Suli came through the Roosters system via, uh, via the Warriors to get to the Dragons. Um, it's not bad 13. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tip the Sharks which seems to contradict what I've been saying. But I just think the Sharks are a little bit more settled uh, in terms of their their uh, start in 13. I thought they did okay last week against uh, the Rabbitohs. Um, I actually had the Rabbitohs down as my joker last week, and I was bitterly disappointed that they did not go on with the job when they had that big lead. Um and uh, they only end up winning by 10. Sharks got a late try, which nearly had me crying. Um, but I just think uh, the Sharks haven't won for a long time. Um, and I think I've got, I've got to probably lean towards them, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Dragons get up. Graham? Yeah, there's, there's some tough games to pick this week, aren't there? I mean, sometimes it's because we've got these... Uh these great clashes and uh, uh, look, I suppose sometimes we have games where you, you, you think, okay, these two teams are as bad as each other. I just feel like that whilst the Sharks are hanging in there and they showed uh, at times last week that they can uh, be resilient. And as I said, they, they fought back a little bit against South. The Dragons are on a big slide and they're missing a large amount of players. Um, I'm tipping the Sharks, similar reasons to, to you guys. Um, yeah, you, you, you've really got to look at, as I said, that, that back line as well for the, um, for the, for the Dragons. We've said it in previous games when we compare it to the Sharks one, I just feel like the Sharks back line might just have a bit more sting in it. And, uh, I look at some of those one-on-one matchups as we often do. And if we find some of those players, like Dugan or Chambers getting some early ball. Even um like Connor Tracy, we've got to give him a bit of credit. He's he plays wherever he's told to play and does a good job. So some of those players, if they get one on one against some of the backs in the Dragons team, I'd probably back the uh the Sharks player and I also um I also think they've got enough in their forward pack to get forward and do the job. So I, I it's a tough one, but uh I think I'll go with the the Sharks in this one. A question just before oh, yes, Griffo. My question, boys, is would you be re signing Matt Dufty if you are the Dragons? Because he seems to be out of favor and he's going to be out for six weeks. So. Yeah, I think he's one of the. I think he's. If you look at the. He's better than all the. The one to five that are playing this week. I mean, oh, okay, I. I, I can't understand why they haven't re-signed him. I, I yeah. don't understand. Yeah, I, I would re-sign him. I'd, if he went elsewhere and... It, yeah, I, I, he he's a must. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. 
But they've got, they've still got money issues. I'll just wait until someone speaks to hit the music. I did to yeah, Griffo, right. don't no, to no, Shane. I'll do it to myself same. in a moment. And uh, got, we've uh, all had one. They've got that money issues problem still. So I'd say yeah. they're I think, it, I think when you think of the Dragons and you think of them scoring tries, Dufty is front mm. and centre with most tries they score. Oh, he's their, he's their, he's their strike power. He's got mistaken him. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, a lot but, of them do. Yeah, but, gee, I just think, uh, I, I don't understand it. He has more positive contributions than, uh, than the rest of that back oh, line. absolutely. I, I yeah. just think he's a bloke that they, uh, they should be re-signing. If I was the Dragons, he provides them with, with points. Yep. Anyway, that's just me. No, I definitely agree. Definitely. Well, on Saturday... We move on to the Gold Coast. Uh, they're going to be at home against the Bulldogs. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, the Titans fans will be looking forward to this one. Most teams fancy themselves against the Bulldogs. In regards to team news, uh, the, the main one we need to focus on for the Titans uh, is Herman Essay. Essay, I mentioned earlier that he's... His tackle was a major gaffe. Uh, he's got three weeks. The other person to keep in mind uh, that they're going to be missing is Tyrone Peachy. Uh, he's going to be out for two weeks, so both of those are suspended. So that'll be a bit of a bit of a shuffle. Uh, Big Tino is going to go from prop to lock, and Fotowaker is going to move into the starting side at prop. That'll bring Sam Stone and Aaron Clark onto the bench. Um, Ash Taylor, he's had that hip injury and you'll notice on your team sheets this week that he has been named in number 21. So, uh, there might be a chance that he will return. That's definitely one to keep your eye on. Um, for the Bulldogs, Katoa's sidelined after, um, that high shot on Saturday from Josh Papali, yet another famous, um, uh, tackle from the weekend and one of the send-offs. Uh, Nick Meany's going to move out to the wing. And the new centre is... Um, now, I hope I pronounce his last name correct. Would we say it's... Um, <laughs> I want to say shoe up. No, but, uh, I call it shoop. Shoop, shoop, did it up, come. Yeah. Wang, dang, shoop, shoop. <laughs> I was thinking, shoe up, shoe up. <laughs> uh, I'll just call him Aaron, and I'll wait for the, uh, the, the Fox Sports uh, callers to give him a last name on the weekend, and then I'll just copy that. But, um, yeah. Wang dang, that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> shoop, shoop, diddy wop, comma, comma, wang dang. <laughs> uh, in other news, uh, Dylan Narfa has been named on the bench. Uh, he's, wang dang? He's, he's, uh, no, but what he's done is he's pushed his Ogden to the reserves, so... Um, yeah, Ogden to the reserves, Napa in, uh, Matt Derry into the starting side in the second row, Elliot's on the bench. Uh, just an update for the, the Dogs fans, um, Marshall King, Jackson, Hetherington, all still out, they reckon they're looking at another week or so away, um, I saw an interesting stat this week I thought was funny, it said the Bulldogs have lost their past seven games in Queensland. No I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've lost a lot of games recently. Oh, they haven't, they, they they haven't been winning in Sydney. Oh, jeez. They haven't been winning in Sydney either. The Titans last week, look, they came up against a red-hot Panthers side, Griffo. We know how good the Panthers are. 
Um, these days, you you don't really look much into a you know a, a what did they lose forty eight to to twelve loss against the Panthers. Um, couple of players there out for the Titans. Um, do you think the loss of SASA and Peachy is going to have an impact on this forward pack? Not at all. Um, in terms of SASA, I might be wrong, but I think that was his first game in first grade this year. Yes, I think mm. it was an off-season yeah. signing from yeah. the Newcastle yeah. Knights. Was. So missing him is not is not going to trouble him at all. They're not played with him. And Peachy um, being out probably just pushes Tino into his favourite position. Yeah. I, <laughs> look, the Tyrone Peachy's done some good things, but um, he's, he's a bit rocks and diamonds. Um, the guy they're missing is, is um, of course, the, the massive uh, $1.2 million man, David Fafita. If he was in there, they, I reckon they win this game by about 40. Mm. Um, he's not there, so I'm going to say they're going to win by about 30. <laughs> he's um, worth 10. Well, they might not win by that much, but look, to be honest, I think it's a big win, Titans. They do have uh, AJ Brimson. I think he's going to tear the Bulldogs to shreds. Brian Kelly's uh, he's got points in him. Um, Tino is going to cause all sorts of problems for the Bulldogs. Um, we've seen that the Titans have not too much trouble scoring points. Uh, they got a bit of trouble stopping points, but they won't have to. They won't have to score too many to outpoint the Bulldogs. The, the Bulldogs are an embarrassment. Um, you mentioned, uh, I think it was Offahegi Ogden, uh, who's been relegated to the reserves bench. Well. If you're relegated to the reserves bench in the Bulldogs, that's not a big rap on you. Um, no. You know, this is... They are an embarrassment, this team. Um, that, Like, okay, they, they got close to the Raiders last week, but from memory, the Raiders were down to 11 players for part of that game. Um. The Bulldogs actually led and were run down by a team that was only had 12 players at most and maybe 11 players for part of it. Um, that's not good enough. I mean, we saw the coach crying when they won a game, tears of joy. I said at the time that that was embarrassing or words to that effect. Like, that's okay if you've won the grand final. Or you've, you know, you've won the state of origin and your reaction is, you know, you're overcome by emotion because this is a massive win. You won one game. And that might be all they win all year. Could be. Don't you think it's worth a cry? No. <laughs> if that doesn't make you cry, what would? <laughs> every game they lose. Oh. That's the last one we're going to win. That's the last one we're going to win all year. Well, they're looking forward to round 13. They have a bye. Yeah, I know you mentioned it, Graham. I was listening to last week's podcast. Or the week before. They're going to lose. Do you know what? Two points. Do you know what I think is this this really says something about the competition. Um, I know we're looking a bit ahead of ourselves here now, but um, and we don't condone betting. The Bulldogs play the Penrith Panthers in round 12, so that's next week. Um, 
The Bulldogs, I've never seen a team in a... This is a two-horse race. The Bulldogs are paying $21 in the early betting to beat the Penrith Panthers. And that's probably a short. <laughs> Panthers, as you'd imagine, $1.01. But that shows, have you ever seen a team... Like, that is just outrageous. And I know the betting agencies don't t- dictate form. I mean, they're, they're paying about 5 bucks this week. But it gives you an idea of... Just how, I suppose, or the lack thereof, value there is in this team. No one values this team as a football team. They're an embarrassment, aren't they? Players go there, they get paid overs, and they play like who? (laughs) Um, Seriously. I mean, at various times, I've I've been critical of, of, of some teams or some administrations, principally the West Tigers. But we are playing in an era where we have a salary cap, where every team is allowed to spend the same amount of money. And I know, you know, some teams have got those other payments, so what they call them, Shane, you, you know. Um, third so, party. Third party, that's it. It's like yeah. your insurance. Well, it's insurance <laughs> to, hopefully you're going to get a better side. Look, these guys need comprehensive insurance. Because they're an embarrassment. I, I won't single out individual players, but every player that's gone to that club who's come from another club has gone there and got more money to do so and played less well. Um, there were ex- expectations this year for this team. They're getting a new coach, who signed a number of new players. They're actually going worse than they were last year. Um, I, I just can't say anything positive about this team. Um, until they start actually winning some games, they just remain an embarrassment. Shane, Griff, I wish I could add something. It's You've covered it fairly comprehensively. Um, the dogs can be playing anyone, and this is going to be the outcome. They um, could be playing the uh, Amsterdam Cobras. That would be the outcome. Um, <laughs> so, look, I just, yeah, far out. I, yeah, I, I can't add it anymore. Dogs nah, are gone. Dogs win. Dogs are no good. Titans win. Um... Moving on. <laughs> okay, so um, our next game after that uh, really inspiring talk from all three of us there, we're going to see the Roosters uh, take on the Broncos on Saturday night um, or Saturday evening, 5.30. This game is going to kick off. Um, for the Roosters, uh, it's not something we've uh, we've uh, been saying a lot this year, but... Um, They've got an unchanged 17 this week. We're used to them having um, a lot of changes and injuries have uh, obviously uh, been a big issue for them this week. But uh, the 17 that played uh, this past week in Magic Round are the same 17 that have been named to take the field this week. Um, The Broncos. Albert Kelly is playing in 5-8 this week. Um... 
So obviously, uh, Anthony Milford, yet wow. another one who's doing We've got the some uh, merry-go-round music. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, isn't it? You need those halves. It's on the merry-go-round. That's Off the, goes it's the turnstile, isn't it? On comes Albert Kelly. I um. I, I sometimes think it's more just, you know, yeah, it's the merry-go-round. It's the hokey-pokey for Milford. Um, he's in, he's out, but look, oh, jeez. Anyway, look, they, they I, I think Walters needs to be seen to do something after that embarrassing loss last week with Manly. Um, look, we, we also know that Jordan Rickey's uh, going to be out. He's suspended. Um, David Mead... Coming in for for Oates, um, and Zulk's there's injured or uh, yeah the yes. yes he's he's not in the side. Um, I'll have to double check the the reasoning as to why that is. Um, I'll have to look at my list there. Um, and um, we've got Jason Hetherington's son Kobe. Um playing his NRL debut off the bench this week in place of Denny Levi. This is a very interesting one here because, um, look, the Broncos, they're, they're looking, they need to be seen to be doing something. They got absolutely humiliated last week in Magic Round, which was centered around the Brisbane uh, city itself. Shano, the Roosters, they're... Um, they're, they're, they're starting to, I suppose, chip away despite all of those injuries and getting the job done. Um, Sam Walker, we could probably even start with talking about him. Um, tell me what your thoughts are of him. We talk about him every week, but, uh, gee, we just just continued to, uh, to be impressed by this young man, aren't we? He is really, really good. <laughs> He's fantastic. Like, he is... Sorry, mate, I thought... It in there. Uh, yeah, no, he's fantastic. Sam Walker is someone that, funnily enough, could have been playing at the Brisbane Broncos, but Bron- no, fate has it that the Broncos, um, I suppose, for want of a better word, let him go, and, and he's now at the Roosters. When I look at these two teams, um, you can look at injuries, you can look at merry-go-rounds, and Griffo's right, the halfback merry-go-round, that seems, the halves merry-go-round that seems to be going on at the Broncos. The thing that I look at is I think... Look at the management structures of these two sides. You've got one that's just been decimated by injuries. It's business as usual. It's expectations as usual. Nothing changes. We replace you. It's a bit like the storm in that. We replace you. Trent Robinson says, you do the job and they do the job versus a side where the first grade players can't even do the job and they're trying to find ways to plug holes. I I like what Kevy's doing. Kevy's, Kevy's trying to create something there it's not going to happen with this team that's not going to happen this year i look at the team and i look like for like uh across positions uh, any team with james tedesco in it is, is is going to go a long way towards winning the match um i like the the i like i like what the the roosters have done in in this period with injuries they've put people into positions and said you need to do the job and guess what they've done the job um, look, there's times where, where things haven't gone to plan and that's okay. They've got a lot of injuries. But when I look at it, you know, yeah, their back line still is Tedesco, Tupu, Morris, Manu, Ikevalu, Lamb and Walker, you know, Hargraves, uh, Liu Crichton, Tupu Nua, B 
Victor Radley, that's still a very, very classy side they're fielding um, week in, week out this week. Um, when I look at the Broncos, I still see some underperforming forwards uh, playing the game. I think, you know, Albert Kelly throwing him in at 5-8, what that adds. Um, I can't see them actually having a kicking game this week. I, I can't see anyone in there that, that could really provide any um, any spark regards to kicking. You know that the Roosters are going to pin you down the own areas. They're going to kick to the corners. They're going to hem you down there. You're going to have to have a very good kicking game to get you out, and neither of the players, um, Gamble, Kelly, and, and for that fact, Turpin in at nine, really fill me with confidence to be able to do that. Um, I just look at this. This is, this is going to be an arm wrestle for maybe 20 minutes where – the Roosters are just going to keep plugging away, plugging away and slowly strangle um, the Broncos out of it. And before you know it, 25 minutes in, they're going to start scoring a plethora of points. I've got I've got the Roosters. No, I've actually got the Roosters. Part of me feels like this could be the Roosters by a fair bit this week, Griff. I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt, Griffo, yeah. just to let you know, I've just been having a look while Shano's been talking there through the injury lists and, and everything there. I can't find anything about Oates being injured. Um, all all I can um, assume well, is was, that he's he been was dropped. He's been and dropped for Mead. That, that, assu- no, he, he was dropped. to Come back and was I, I? I can only assume that. I think he's been dropped. He he has fallen out of favour at Brisbane. Yeah. So. so I think it's a uh, with Mead coming back. They've just decided that he's um he's Better he's fit. not required in the team. Graham. Shane, I went on a tour of Europe, uh, or tour of, of uh, the UK and Ireland about five years ago, and I discovered Mead in a ah oh, yeah 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 medieval yeah. yes uh, yes medieval yes. castle yes. slash um, theatre restaurant. It was better than the Mead that the Broncos are running out. Of <laughs> yes. Yes. David Mead, when he started his career and throughout his career at the Titans, was a really good player. He is not a first grader in 2021. Um, he played a number of games earlier in the year. He was not up to first grade standard. If Corey Oates isn't a better option than him, I've never watched a game of rugby league. Um, I can't believe that, that Oates is out and this guy's in, if, if it's a matter of form. There's got to be more to it than that. Even if you, you're saying, okay, Oates, we're getting rid of you for whatever reason, David Mead is not the answer. Um, no, and I think Oates has performed. Like, Oates is in the past that Shane can do things. At least that's a start. Former Origin player. Yeah. Yeah. One of you boys said you like what Kevin Walters was doing. Um I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's improved this club at all. Um, I think long term, short term, no, he's done nothing. Um, he's the guy who's who's pressing the button on the merry-go-round <laughs> for six and seven. Yes, he's yeah. in control. It's he's, it's it's on him. This team is not performing on him. Um, you know, Kevin Walters is a popular guy. He's, you know, everybody loves him and whatnot. And, and he's obviously a great guy. Is he a great coach, though? I don't think so at this stage. Well, I think I brought the point up 
and it's funny, some people actually listen to the podcast, question me on it. Um, I said a few weeks ago that it's being exposed at the fact that Kevin Walters has actually coached good players and never had to build anything because he's had the Queensland Origins origin side. Oh, mate, we could have people, we could have coached people, that people call me a bit harsh. I think it's actually coming to fruition that that's the case. I don't know. You might be a good assistant coach, mm. but a I don't job. see any improvement at all in the Broncos this year. Well, they're not last. They're not last, but, <laughs> but that's the only silver <laughs> line. That's because that, the Bulldogs are rubbish. To be fair, yeah. To be fair, the, the team yeah. called the Bulldogs. Far out. They deserve yeah, to be last. Well, they won two games. Yeah. Like that's not good enough. And and yeah, if the Bulldogs they've got, a, that they've got a far superior roster to what the Bulldogs have got. Yeah, From they've a, got a superior roster to a number of teams. And and the and the thing is to and that's and that's true because you look at where like you even just look at the city of Brisbane, the team. It's always been successful. They've always had good players to draw from. It's not as though they've been lumped with a with a load of crap. I mean. The start of, I know that we're going back a long way, but the start of last season, we're talking about this squad. It's a very similar squad now to what they had last year. We're talking about them as top four contenders. And the only difference that's gone through is basically, okay, we've had, um, they were horrendous last year. There was a change in, in coach. They've been horrendous this year. They're looking for an X factor. They think that's going to be Adam Reynolds next year. But I'll tell you what, they're not going to get anything happening for them in the next week that would suggest that uh, the Roosters won't do anything but absolutely belt them. Look, if they don't make the eight with Reynolds in the side next year, Walters should no longer have a job. Yeah. Well, I was just about oh. to say that. Walters, is, how long has he got? But after next year, he's got one more year yeah. left on his contract. Oh, look, if he has a horrendous three years, is that it? You, I, I think if they're in this position this time next year, with uh, you know, with a, a proven halfback like Adam Reynolds, I reckon he'll be under pressure next year. Yeah. He'll be fine this year because it's you know we're not expecting anything. I think this time next year we'll be talking about the pressure on um, on him to get the sack, and I think also Trent Barrett will be uh will be the other one who they might lose a bit of patience with given the fact that, yes, they're rebuilding, but, um, you know, it's Trent a one Barrett or two gets, years. Look, I do think that there's certain players Trent Barrett's getting, Burton being one of them, who yeah. will add volumes to that side. Whether they're going to finish above last, though, that's something else. No, yeah. they, they, with you, They're bringing in the best winger in the world in Josh Adel Carr. Yes. 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 And Matt Burton. Burton. That's going to add a lot of value. Yeah. Uh, star a, in the making. He's yep. a superstar. Um, so if they're not performing next year with those blokes, that's that, that's a similar situation, I think, to the Broncos. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. No. But uh, look, looking at this week, you you can't really go past the Roosters. So no, uh, it's Roosters. All roosters, the roosters all the way for all three of us. Okay, moving on to the final game of Saturday. We have the Canberra Raiders hosting the Melbourne Storm. A uh, bit of an interesting game. At the start of the season, a lot of people had this one circled on their calendar. But given the Raiders' recent form, it might be something that um, you know, uh, 
a lot of people will think that geez they're going to be doing well just to just to stick with this one um they've got some players out to the raiders we know that um there's multiple changes in this team basically due to suspension coming off the back of magic round and uh some of the crackdown that we did see key players jack white and josh papali josh hodgson all out of the side um Sam Williams is coming in at 5'8". Dunamis Louie is going to go from lock to prop. That's going to cover um, Papali. And uh, the New South Wales Cup halfback, Brad Schneider, he's been named to make his NRL debut. He's going to be on the bench in place of Hodgson. Hudson Young's going to move from the interchange bench into the number 13 jersey. Um, Ryan Sutton, uh, he's actually come back much faster than what they thought from his elbow injury. Uh, so he's going to be on the interchange bench in that spot that was vacated by Young. Uh, just to add to that, keep in mind, Tarpany, Rapana, and Soliola are all um, a week or so away from selection. Um Jared Croker, we know he had that shoulder injury, but he's still out indefinitely because he's receiving treatment for a knee injury. <sighs> Look, they've just got so many troops out this week, don't they? The Storm, um, well, with Pappenhausen also out due to the head knock last week, um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Um, but, uh, you know, as you expect, Nico Hines is going to be at fullback. Uh, Chris Lewis... He's actually going to partner Jerome Hughes in the halves. So that's one move that a lot of people may not have seen coming. Um, Brandon Smith's suspension uh, obviously is going to be... Uh, well, that expired just at the right time because Smoothie is sidelined with an injury. So he's going to come straight back into dummy half. Jax is out of the 21. Um, Aaron Penna is going to be from the reserves into the interchange. Realistically, you'd say the Storm aren't at full strength, but when you look at the Canberra Raiders side, Shana, you could almost argue that they're missing probably six or seven of their best. If you were to list their players in order from best through to worst, uh, they're probably missing the, the best half a dozen, aren't they? Yeah, but what's frustrating with the, with the Raiders is they're not doing it when they're at full strength. So now they've got. So now they've got. Now they've got all these outs that that's you know White and Harley Hodgson. I I really don't think. You know I, even if they were there, I don't think I I would give. I'd give them more of a chance than what they've got at the moment. I look at the Melbourne Storm and they are just a juggernaut. Regardless of who you put in, they play so well. Nico Hines in at fullback. You've got Lewis and Hughes six and seven. The guy, you know, Brandon Smith, he's playing this weekend at nine. I, you know, I just look at their, I look across their whole team. Ado Carr, George Jennings playing well. Olam, Rima Smith. I, and then their forward pack, just a very classy team. They're a very classy team playing a side at the moment who is struggling for form when they are full strength. You take out who I think is their best player in Jack Whiten. Um, Papa Lee, he, uh, has he found some form um, before. You know, he's out for origin now. Um, Josh Hodgson as well. I, I just look at their side. 
they're becoming a bit of a shadow of what they were at the start of the year. They're becoming a bit of a shadow of what they were last year and the year before that. I can't see anything but a storm win based on the fact that the storm are going to dominate this side in defense and attack. The forward pack will just run all over him in attack and punish him in defense and the back line are going to do what they do. Griff. Agree. Um, yeah. I, I see Chris Lewis at number six. He ain't Wally Lewis. I don't no. think we're going to see Chris Lewis play 5 8. Um, no. He's sort of a backup forward. I think maybe uh, I, I noticed that Cooper Johns is, is listed yeah. in the reserves at 19. I, I think we're more likely to see him play 5 8 than, uh, than Chris Lewis. Um, Aaron Penny, I'm not quite sure what his uh, role is. The number fourteen there. Uh, he's a he's a prop. He's a prop. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we might see uh, maybe he will possibly drop out of the uh, seventeen, and I think we might see Cooper Johns at least come onto the bench there as a backup uh, in the halves. Um, Shano said pretty much everything. Uh, both teams are missing key players. But with what's left, the Storm are far superior. Um, the Storm have got all their forwards there, except for the hooker in Harry Grant. And, but they do bring in Brandon Smith, who didn't play last week due to suspension. So um, it's a pretty, uh, it's probably the best forward pack in the competition, arguably. Um, and they're not missing any of the uh, aside from the number nine and, and they've got quality replacement and Brandon Smith going to be too strong in the forwards Nico Hines uh, is, he's gotten a lot of publicity in the last few weeks it was, uh, it was big last week for him well publicised he's unlike the Storm he's come out uh, and said as a Storm player that you know um He's ready to leave the club to get a guaranteed first-grade spot. Mm. Um, given all the machinations of what's been going on over the last few weeks and who's gone already and who's left, uh, his value is going to... Uh, if he can play, produce another big game this week, he's going to add a lot to his next contract, wherever it is. I mean, he's rumoured to be you know, going to the Broncos. I think... Um, I think the Sharks might circle on this guy because he's, he's not a bad player. He's quite good. Uh, they missed out on Reynolds. Um, so there's a lot of questions about the Sharks next year, who they actually going to sign. If Coach Craig Fitzgibbon must be thinking, what have I got myself into? This guy, they could do worse than this guy with, with mm. the players that are left on the market. But uh, in terms of this game, um, the three-quarter line of Jennings, Smith, Olam, and Ado Carr, individually, apart from Ado Carr, you wouldn't say any of them are you know, great. Olam's a really solid player. Remus Smith, the best thing that ever happened to him was leaving the Bulldogs. George mm. Jennings is now a quality player. Uh, and we all, we all knew this was going to happen. When Remus Smith and George Jennings went to the Storm, we all said, you watch these guys improve. Uh, and they have. Um, there's something about that storm system under Craig Bellamy that makes ordinary players 
very good players. That's where these guys are at. Too many guns for the storm, even though they're missing their best players, Papinhausen, Harry Grant, Cameron Munster, they're going to be too good. Graham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd expect the storm to uh, to win this one. I, I think a lot of people will be be thinking the storm could win this one quite well. Uh, they've, they've been in good form, and it, they're, they're another team where they're just a system... They'll take one cog out. They'll put another cog in. They know what what, what job they have to do, and um, and, and those players will do the job. So, look, even if um, even if the Raiders, as Shane said, even if the Raiders were at full strength this week, even with the Storm injuries, I'd still be looking at the Storm. The Raiders, we know they won last week, but um, I'm pretty sure prior to that was it five losses in a row five in a row yeah yeah so that's not something we expected to see from the raiders this year um and given the the amount of key personnel that are missing uh you'd be you'd be very brave to consider anything this week other than a storm victory Okay, moving on to Sunday, we have an absolute blockbuster of a game taking place at Apex Oval out at Dubbo. So it'll be great for the people out at Dubbo to see some live rugby league, and boy, do they have a belter on their hands. The South Sydney Rabbitohs will be hosting the Penrith Panthers. Uh, This is a really big clash in regards to... um, I suppose the top of the table, we've got first playing fourth. And the massive news for South Sydney fans is that Latrell Mitchell is back in the number one jersey this week. Uh, He's been out for four weeks suspended. That means that Cody Walker gets to shift back to his role in 5'8", partnering Adam Reynolds in the halves. Benji Marshall uh, will move back to his utility role on the bench. Uh, Top quality player to have coming off the bench uh, in my point of view. Josh Mansour is also welcome back uh, just in time to play his former club. So he'll be looking for a big game uh, after his hamstring injury. That'll mean that Tane Milne drops out of the um, 21. Uh, And there's also a bit of movement on the interchange bench. Um, Jacob Host back in the side. Uh, That means that Sele is going to uh, drop out of the team, as does Jed Cartwright. Um... Jaden Sewer and Gagai, we do know that they were involved in a couple of incidents on the weekend. They were placed on report. They're lucky enough to uh, both get fined, so please keep that in mind. Uh, So, yeah, plenty of troops back for South Sydney this week. One thing I will point out, not sure if we need to read too much into this, but those who haven't gone all the way down to the bottom of their team sheet uh, may have missed that Campbell Graham has been named in jersey number 21 this week. So uh, definitely one to keep an eye on because uh, if he's a late inclusion for the Rabbitohs, they'll further strengthen this uh, this side who really, apart from Campbell Graham, are only missing uh, Cameron Murray uh, from their, their, their full-strength team. Uh, for the Panthers, it's also good news in regards to Kurt Capewell. Uh, he's coming back after sitting out magic round. So that'll push Liam Martin to the interchange. Uh, Hopgood to the reserves. Uh, keep in mind, those that are keeping an eye on the Matt Burton situation there in the centres, he's holding that spot because of his form, because he has been playing rather well. You'll notice that Momorowski 
is in the reserves list. So um, I think you boys talked a little bit about it last week, the fact that Momorowski, it was a bit of bad luck for him in a sense that uh, he was in a winning team and uh, was out due to that suspension. But quality player in Matt Burton in the side. I'll go to Griffo first. Uh, I'll give him the first crack at this one. We know the form the Penrith Panthers are in. We've talked about Nathan Cleary. Uh, it's no secret that you're a Panthers fan. Uh, would would you consider this one of the toughest tests that Panthers have had this season coming up against the Rabbitohs out at Dubbo this week? i got no doubt this is one of the toughest tests, um, apart from the Melbourne game. And, of course, they did play the Raiders when the Raiders were still going well. Mm. Um, but Penrith... Uh, they haven't come up against too many of the, the heavyweights. They do this week. Um, and it's, it's, it, I'm sure they welcome this, this clash because uh, South Sydney, I, I rate this team really highly. I, this, this could be a precursor to the grand final. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Graham, if, if Campbell Graham comes back into the side... Mm. Um, as is a chance, given that he's listed in the in the twenty one, um, they're only missing Cam Murray, and and uh, yeah, it's the return of Luttrell. Um, whether he can come back right at his best after a four week layoff, we'll we'll find out. Um, but he look South Sydney worry me um, as a Panthers fan, but it, it's important, I guess, for the Panthers to to play against these high-quality sides. Um, I heard some ridiculous odds mentioned for, for the Rabbitohs to win this game. But this is, this is look, Panthers are, you know, they're, they're, they're favourites and they should be favourites, but just slight favourites, really. I think it's 350. 350. That's ridiculous. Panthers like, are $1.31. No, that's crazy. Um, <clears throat> look, I, I don't bet, but... This is yeah. this is South Sydney. Uh, this is a team who I, I do rate as one of the great contenders for this competition. Any team that's got Latrell Mitchell, uh, Cody Walker, Dane Gagai, um, Alex Johnson, Braden Burns, and the kicking game of Adam Reynolds, that's a pretty good backline. There's points in that backline. I do expect that the uh, the, the record uh, against the Panthers of 16 points against in any game, I think that'll be broken this week by the Rabbitohs. Um, the question is, do, do Penrith score more than the Rabbitohs? Hmm. I, I will tip Penrith. I, they're, they're going better at the moment. I'd be more confident if Benji was starting because they'd target Benji. Um, Benji's done some great things with the ball in hand, but on the defensive side of things, he, he, he's he's leaking points. Um, so I think it's a good thing for the Rabbitohs that uh, Cody Walker can go back to six and with Latrell coming back. Um, Benji's good to have off the bench, but you know if he's out there for an extended period of time, he's going to leak points. The question is, does he leak more than he creates? And that, mm-hmm. you know. I think he probably does, to be honest. Um, as good a, a talent as he is, um, 
you just see sides targeting him. It's not mm-hmm. that he can't tackle, but he makes some some bad decisions <coughs> in defence, and um, it's it's a bit of an opportunity for for opposition sides. Uh, so I think Souths are going to defend a little bit better this week. Um, they're going to have to because they're going to get plenty is going to be thrown at them. Um, one guy I want to mention um, who has been improving for the Panthers after I thought he had a very slow start to the year is, is Stephen Crichton. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing each week he is responsible for uh, either scoring a try through his own ability or giving the pass to Charlie Staines. And Charlie Staines' number of tries has increased since he's been running off Steve Crichton. Um, so there's a few guys in the Penrith side who haven't been at their best. The team's been going really well. But if guys like Crichton and Viliami Kikau, who, again, he's not really been at his best in the attack. Um, so there's, this team's still got improvement in them. Uh, and I think they've probably got enough to beat South Sydney. Uh, but I think it will Souths will mount a strong challenge. Um, it's really important, I think, for both these teams that they have 13 players on the field uh, for the whole game because the yes. reality is um, if South Sydney drop a player, I think Penrith will capitalise. But likewise, if Penrith drop a player, the, the attacking uh, brilliance of South Sydney you might see two tries, maybe three scored in that 10 minutes. Um, so it's crucial for both these sides. They do not want to have a guy sent off, obviously, but or even indeed in the sim bin, um, because it could be the winning and the losing of the game in that 10 minutes. Um, the big winner this week, without a doubt, is Dubbo. Um, yeah. This... This is one of the premium games of the season. Um, South Sydney against Penrith. And uh, it's out at Apex Oval. So, um, yeah, what a, what a, what a bone. I believe it's already sold out. Um, yeah. I don't know yeah. what the capacity is of that I ground. I think they were looking at the setup they had was around 11. Okay. Yeah, just over 11,000. I mean, in some ways. Like you think, oh, why are they putting this game out there? Why are they not playing like the Warriors or, or someone like that? You know, maybe it's not. You could still fill the ground, but it's not one of the. Mm. This is one of the big, biggest games of the season. Yeah, this game um, was actually tout. This game, I don't like. Members were told about this game a long, long time ago. I actually think when, when the. Um, draw was announced and I know what South Sydney basically said was it was to capitalize on the fact that both South Sydney and Penrith have a strong following out there. And South Sydney said, if they're going to take a game to Dubbo, they want to take a game to the fans and um, they're going to take a game, which has both large following from South and Penrith. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I agree. Like, Yeah, the, Penrith the, have got two double boys in the team, uh, Matt mm. Burton and uh, and the captain Isaiah Yo are both double mm. boys. So yeah. the, the Panthers, you'd think, are going to have plenty of support in that uh, in that arena. Um, 
you'd expect probably Souths will. It is a Souths home game. You expect there's probably got to be, you know, more Rabbit Hill supporters because the South Sydney supporters are are all over the state of New South Wales and beyond. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, this could be. You think Penrith with their uh, junior programs extending out into the central west of New South Wales, there's going to be a lot of support for the Panthers there as well. Uh, but for mine, I, I'm going to hit Penrith. Yeah, the other thing to keep in mind, I don't know if there's any others in the south side, but I'm pretty sure Braden Burns is also from Dubbo oh, okay. as well, so it'll be oh, a big week yeah. for him. He came through the Penrith system, and again, mm. through that, uh, the Western Rams, I guess, uh, which is, is the uh, the junior representative team of that, that Western uh, division of New South Wales. Yeah. Does Cody Walker have family out there? I think Cody's from from the north of. Uh, he is. Yeah, that's what but I. I think he's too. got he's got from casino. He's, he's got an affiliation out there. I remember there was a game out there, and he was talk. I thought he was talking about some sort of affiliation out there when the game been out there previously. So, but yeah, he is from. I think he actually yeah where he's born was um, up north. Hmm. What are your thoughts on this one, Shane? Now, obviously, we'll get a bit of a different perspective coming from not someone really. who watches no, South Sydney. Not really. Um, uh, no, I'm not going to add a lot to what Griffo said. I think Griffo nailed it. Actually, my biggest my biggest thing is um, we're going to see the issue of fighting the Latrell Mitchell. Um, yeah, you know, when they when they went to the judiciary, I understood why they went to the judiciary. They get it downgraded. He's still a chance at Daly M. Um, my biggest problem was I was looking forward to this match, thinking I would like Latrell to have one game under his belt. Um, I think when you look at Mansour and Latrell coming back, and the team, although the team is back to the way it was, this team hasn't played like this for four weeks. Um, so there's a long time between drinks there. Um, that's okay when you're playing most other sides in the comp. It's not okay when you're playing Penrith. You have to have it right from the first go. They got the best side they could possibly field uh, without Cameron Murray. Cameron Murray was there to be a great contest because um, he, he's, he's pivotal to the, to the middle, locking up the middle defensively. Looking at the fact that Latrell has been out, that Mansour has been out, that this is their first hit out, I'm going Penrith. I think Penrith are a far more settled side, whereas South Sydney probably need a week to get all those systems working again. Uh, but to what, to what they, to what, um, to what, to what, to what um, Griffo was saying. Look, you know, I think for, for South, for the Panthers, all what the Panthers have to do is hold the ball. We know that South Sydney. Uh, really struggle when teams hold the ball against them. Um, when 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 that possession becomes even and slightly favouring the opposition, South Sydney tend to tend to sort of fall apart in games. They still have ten minute lapses. Cleary's just got to kick to the corners, make South Sydney bring it out of their own end. Um, I think that I th- everything's like for like. So. At the moment, I think now they've got their players back. South Sydney's probably more a team of individuals than a collective team that will that will trouble Penrith. Look, if South Sydney want to beat Penrith, they've got to use their size. I've said this, and, and look, it's easier said than done. Penrith are very mobile pack. If, the, if South Sydney can use their size and dominance to, to tire that pack out, 
Um, they might have half a chance. Um, the other thing is South Sydney actually have a lot of height out wide. So I think, um, you know, whilst you don't want to give uh, to- a lot of ball, um, you know, there, there is value close close to the line bombing to his wing. Um, they've definitely got a definite height advantage against them, even if Burns has swapped for Campbell Graham. Um, they've got a good, you know, I'd say they've got a good foot at least. Um, you know, South Sydney's outside men are, are sort of, you know, in, in the in the order of six two six five, so that that's fairly tall. Um, but he's a classy player, and if he catches the ball on the full, he's going to run probably, you know, he run forty meters. So it's it's fraught with danger that 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 type of um, scenario. I, I'm picking Penrith because they've got a more settled team. I think South Sydney need one week of this side to, to gel, and I think that that's going to at the back end of the game. Where it matters, um, you're going to see maybe a few of the errors creep into South Sydney's game because they just haven't had the team together for, like I said, they they haven't had the team together for four weeks. In that four weeks, um, although they lost only one game and uh, that was against the Melbourne Storm, where they just didn't show up. Um, I thought last week they still had that ten minute lapse that the Penrith will kill them. Uh, so. Yeah, I've, I've got Penrith um, for no other reason. I think South Sydney just needed one more week, and that's why I wish they hadn't fought Latrell Mitchell. If he'd played last week, had a game under his belt, he'd be right this week, and I'd be a bit more confident. Mm, yeah, look, it's an interesting one too. And like you said, South Sydney, um, short of Campbell Graham and Cam Murray, uh, would be at full strength. Uh, they've got enough personnel in this team, and they've got a good enough side on paper that they can't use any excuses. And South Sydney are going to consider themselves a premiership contender. If you're a premiership contender and you're just about at full strength, you should be giving yourself every crack. Um, The Campbell Graham thing is, you know, that's going to be one of those things where I think they don't know. Uh, I've read reports this week that uh, at training there was part of the training session where um, Braden Burns was playing in the centres. There was another part of the training session where uh, Campbell Graham played a little bit of centres. So I think they're just looking at how he comes through and what his range of motion, I'd imagine, would be in that wrist to see if he can uh, perform at his best. I think the biggest thing for South Sydney, not only with Latrell Mitchell coming back in, but you know, focusing on Latrell and what he can offer... It actually allows Cody Walker to go back into um, into the role where he is most comfortable. The thing we've got to understand this week is that Walker won't be, you know, blowing some gas on kick returns, and you know he won't be getting belted every time the um, the ball gets kicked down to South Sydney. Latrell Mitchell's going to take a lot of that pressure. Um, part of me is curious to see against a side like Penrith how Benji Marshall is utilized um, I'm really interested to see how that happens we we have seen in previous games parts of the game where you have Latrell Cody Walker Adam Reynolds and Benji Marshall all on the field at the same time there were times there where Benji Marshall came on almost like a, a ball playing lock and played as a third half. I'm a bit concerned from South Sydney's point of view how that's going to go against a massive pack like uh, like Penrith this week. Um, 
I don't know. I'm not even ruling out Benji Marshall coming in and playing in the centers at some stage. I'm just really interested to see how they go. The other player from South I want to mention because he's just been an absolute uh, beast since coming to South Sydney, and I think it's worth a mention, is Jai Arrow. I think he has been phenomenal, and I think he's a bigger part of this South Sydney team than what people give them credit. In saying all that, they're coming up against the Panthers. Um, this Panthers team is... I, I, it's, it's almost like nothing we've seen. And I know we have short memories and people will say, well, Melbourne a few years back, the Roosters a few years back. Just the enthusiasm and positive energy that comes out of this Panthers team, it's, it's phenomenal. And the cool heads for the young men that are making up this team is also just, it's, 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 it's like something you've never seen. They are... They are so unique, this Panthers side. And the talent and skill that is in this Panthers side matched with their ability to be patient, grind it, grind out a game. I just really feel like this is going to be one of those games where they might be there might be only four points in it. Actually, no, that's not likely to happen because you've got Cleary and Reynolds in the team. There'll probably be six points in this game at one stage you'll feel like South are in there and Penrith just know that they can, you know, they can just keep them at bay. This is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's going to be an absolute belter. Um, <laughs> those that know me well know that when the tipping comp rolls around, I'm going to be pushing the Rabbitohs button. But uh, on a forum like this, we're giving advice to our listeners in regards to, you know, uh, who will win and basing that on what I've seen, I think that uh, you got to be very brave any week you tip against the Panthers. So uh, if, you're, if you're taking your tipping advice from me this week, I think the Panthers are the team to, to tip in this one. But, geez, this is going to be an absolute slobber knocker. All right, well, moving on from that one. Um... We're rounding out the week with another good clash, I think. We've got the Seagulls taking on the Eels. Um, this game will be a Eels home game at Bankwest Stadium. 4.05 on Sunday. Uh, very interesting to see such a big game as the Rabbitohs and Panthers won in the 2 o'clock slot. But we also have a really good game uh, coming up at 4 o'clock for those people to keep uh, Sunday uh, super exciting and plenty of footy to, to keep people occupied on the uh, the final day of their weekend. As you'd imagine with uh, the Parramatta Eels, they've been going really well, so um, you're not going to expect a lot of changes. Uh, the only change that they've got is uh, Lusick coming onto the interchange bench and Ray Stone dropping back. Um, Mitchell Moses has been named. He left the field in last week's game against the Warriors, but they're expecting him to play. Um, obviously yet again, you guys had mentioned last week in the podcast, we've touched on it as well. Um, Neocore and Brown, uh, still have, uh, weeks to serve on their suspension. Okay. Uh, Des Hasler, he's made some changes. Um, Kay Cust has, uh, come in to replace, uh, Kieran Foran. So, He's going to play 5-8 this week. Schuster's still going to play that back row uh, 
position and he's going to be in that role. As we've said, that's not one that traditionally is where you would see him, but uh, he's been doing a good job there, so they're going to retain him there. Just on four and there, I think they're looking at about a, oh, look, three to four weeks is sort of what we're hearing. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's got a hand injury at the moment. Uh, some of you may have seen the footage of that that injury it was uh, was not a pretty one and uh, definitely going to need a few weeks out with that. Uh, Marty Tapao, he's been named at prop with Kepi on the bench, but uh, that's another situation where we sometimes see a game day switch. So please keep in mind that that might change when we get to Sunday. Um, Zach Sadler is on the interchange bench. Uh, we're, we're also seeing Dylan Walker and Curtis Sirinan, um still remain on the sidelines. So that's just something to keep in mind. They've had a pretty good run as of late with two of those uh, key players out. Uh, they're probably aiming for round 14. We've talked about how good Tom Trebojevic has been. Um, but Jake Trebojevic this week, he brings up a milestone. He's playing his 150th game for the Seagulls. Um, and Daily Cherry Evans, he's also becoming the third Manly player to captain the club in 100 first grade games. Uh, also an opportunity this week for Des Hasler to be only the, um, the second Manly coach after Bob Fulton to coach the team to 150 wins. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stats, a lot of, uh, things there for people who love to keep an eye on those statistics. The Seagulls, as we've said, Shano, they've been flying high. They've really hit some form and looking at pushing for for that top eight spot that many thought was unachievable at the start of the year. But the Parramatta Eels, they've really cemented themselves in second spot. While everyone's talking about Penrith, they've just uh, they've just chipped away and sat in just behind them. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, this is going to be a belter. It's what a Sunday, what a Sunday football um, extravaganza. The Seagulls, interestingly, during the week, uh, Scott Penn basically saying, you know, we, we might see another good era coming up. So, you know, as soon as as soon as soon Tommy Turbo's fit and they win a few games, you've got the owner coming out saying it's it's all good again. Um, in saying that, I, I really think they've got, a, they've got an honest test this week against the Eels. The Eels are flying high. They're doing some very, very good things. They're playing some very, very good football. Um, I really rate what they're doing, and they're playing at Bankwest, um, which which yeah. is a bit of a fortress for them. Uh, Reed Marnie is just playing some outstanding football at the moment. Whether he's kicking the ball, whether he's running, passing, tackling, he's he's a complete footballer. Um, I I thought I think Clint Gutherson really is leading from the front. Some of the things that he's doing, especially some of the cover tackles he's doing, he's look you know he's he's saving more tries than he's scoring at the moment. Um, you know, we're looking at players. I think their forward pack, led by Junior Paulo, um, is, is doing a, a fantastic job. Um, and, and the bench is not the bench is coming on and doing some great things as well. For the for the uh, Seagulls, I look at Tom Dubojevic. He is the player. Um, Tom and Jake, I think last week in the Daily M's got you know the three and two points, and and they're playing some great football. Um, I mentioned this young man. Uh, quite a few weeks ago and said that Manly need to utilise him and that's um, Jason Saab and they're doing that. He they've, they've now set their game on being able to draw attention to Djibouti or the players around them 
get the ball to Saab and, and no one's going to chase him down. Um, I like Parker and Garrick, what they're doing as well. Ruben Garrick's kicking um, from the tee has also been very good. You know, he's, he's, he's a player that's turning four into six, which helps, um, which will help on the weekend. Um, Cade Cust, Daly Cherry Evans. Daly Cherry Evans' kicking game is, is really improving. 40-20 uh, week before last week just kept punching it to corners. Um, and gain their Ford pack are doing some good things. I think it's a fairly even match. I, I really think that this game is going to be an absolute belter. At Bankwest, you never tip against the, the, the Parramatta Eels. They they just find something else there. But I think this week is just going to be an absolutely thrilling game of football to round out um to round out the round, Griff. Here we go again. Smiling <laughs> That's right, I yes. Jeez, that's... Uh, just goes to show what he can do to an ear. How do you feel? Pick I feel up and good about them. this game. I'm really looking forward to it. Yes. Um, you know, these guys uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s, it was the biggest rivalry in rugby league. Um, both teams were... You know, at uh, the top of their game, um, they played a lot of semi-final football, grand final football against each other. We had the controversy back in the late 70s where Para lost a game um, as a result of a seven-tackle set when Hollywood Hartley <laughs> couldn't count. Um there were yeah early there were grand finals uh in the early 80s um para had that great back line manly we had a great side as well um and it's been a yeah it's been a rivalry um these two teams you got the you know the silver tails on the the northern beaches and and what were considered you know working class uh Parramatta. um yeah, look, it's this is a big, big game. Uh, I'll be disappointed if uh, if they don't sell this game out. If you're a Paris supporter, if you're a Manly supporter, get out and support your team. Four oh five on a Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, rugby league supporters. Sunday, you got two amazing clashes. Um, uh, I want to tip Manly. I want Manly to win um, because I'm really excited about Tommy Turbo delivers. But this is a team, Parramatta, who've gone under the radar. They've only lost one game, but we're not hearing a lot about them. We're hearing a lot about the Panthers. That's exactly the, the what Parramatta Eels want. They just want to keep going under the radar, um, low expectations, just, they just want to keep building up two points, two points every week. They've only missed one game this year uh, against the Dragons. Um, interestingly, it was at Bankwest that game. Uh, and I think it might have been a 4 or 5 on a Sunday as well. Um, I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what, what a clash. Um, five weeks ago, Manly were a contender for the wooden spoon. Um, 
they managed to get a one-point win over the Warriors without Turbo. It was before Turbo came back. And since Turbo came back, they are one of the form teams of the competition. They're flying against the also Rans. They're, they're racking up huge scores. Um, they tested the Panthers, uh, but to be honest, Penrith were you know significantly the better side on that day. They're coming up against another heavyweight in the Parramatta Eels. Um, I just can't wait to watch this game. Um, uh, I, look, I, I think when push comes to shove, I'm going to tip Para because uh, they're getting the job done every week. Uh, they are playing at home. It's it's uh, it's going to be the big test for them though against Tommy Turbo. Um, the Turbo's on fire. The Turbo has made every other player in this team a better player. And uh, I just want to see both teams at their absolute best uh, in what, what promises to be uh, a cracking game. I, I do lean towards Para because I, I really think that, that they are uh, they're doing a, getting the job done every week. Uh, they've got a great pack of forwards uh, led by Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell-Gillard up front. Um, you've got to think both those guys are, are a big show of playing in blue, certainly Paulo. And on form, you'd have to say Campbell-Gillard is, is going as well as any other New South Wales prop. Payne has to be there. Um, it's whether... And, and I know we tipped our origin sides last week, Shane. Mm. Neither of us mentioned Campbell Giller because nah, and, another and big game. He heard week. the podcast and scored a double. Yeah, um, so he's put himself forward. Um, I don't know how much he wants to play for the Blues. I know last year he was sort of in the squad, and he, I don't know what happened, but I think he went home early or something. Um, uh, but look, I'm going to tip Para. I just think. Um, they're, they've been so solid this year. Um, they've they've exceeded my expectations. I thought they'd make the eight, but at the bottom of the eight, they're playing so much better than what I thought they'd go. Um, but uh, this is this is an each way bet, Shano. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I... Oh, you've already gone, haven't you? Shane? No, that's, <laughs> all, that's all good. Yeah, my apologies. Definitely. Uh, got that's the, all right. The We're always happy to always happy to make sure he still wants to uh, keep his tip. I'm going to go Para as well in this one, but geez, I don't have a lot of confidence. I think, you know, I, I really like the way that Para have been playing. And, and I think the fact that I don't have a lot of confidence in my tip here uh, says more about my um, my opinion of Manly. In a sense, I've been really, really impressed with Manly. And this is, this is coming from a bloke who... Uh, at the start of the season, uh, I, I thought they could make the eight. And... You know, I'm not going to jump in at round 10 and say, you know, I, I told you so. But this is the type of stuff when Trebojevic is in the team that you can see them turn on. I would not be surprised if they win this week. But given the fact that Parramatta, um, I think the only loss they had was against the Dragons. Is that? Yeah. 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 So... Look, some may argue in a sense that uh, Parramatta may not have necessarily come up against... Uh, some of the sides that 
may trouble them. I mean, look, they've beaten the Storm. We know that. We know the beat Raiders the are down on form. Okay, yeah, they beat the Roosters. I think um, if Parramatta get through this week, um, it'll be interesting to see how South roll off that game against Penrith because Parra has South the week after um, on Saturday at Stadium Australia. So, Cam Murray meant to be back for that, or is he still away? I still think yeah. he's a yeah. He's still a couple of weeks away. So, okay. um, you know, so the the Eels have a big fortnight coming up, and I think this will be an indication as to whether or not they're the real deal and. Um, whether or not they're the, the top two team that uh, the latter would suggest. I think they're going to show enough this week, especially at uh, Parramatta Stadium. I know we call it Bank West these days, but um, look, for, for Parramatta, it's, it's Parramatta Stadium. And they have been a really tough team to beat at that ground um, since it has been uh, reopened after the, uh, the big rebuild. And that's really been down to players. I mean, you guys talked about Campbell Gillard last week. Um, we know when Mitchell Moses fires, this team fires. That happened last week. And each week we seem to sing his praises as well. And that's Reid Marnie. I think he's a huge part of this team. I thought he was amazing last week. And uh, they'll, they'll be doing a lot of work around the middle to, to try and contain Manly. But I think they're up to the job. And I actually think... Uh, the Eels will get home in a tight one here. I think it'll be an absolute belter. All right, fellas. Well, that's uh, round 11 uh, preview. We're starting to get right into the thick of things now. Um, I'd, I'd imagine the the standout match for this week is obviously going to be uh, the game out at Dubbo. But, uh, right, no, I think Sunday. I, 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 think, I think for... Penrith, I think for the Eels and, and Manly, it's just as important for them as South and Penrith. So fair dinkum if you're not getting out to the footy on Sunday, you'd want to be right. you'd want if to be not, glued if you're to. You're not watching footy on Sunday. You're not watching footy at all. Yeah, you want to get your Fox Sports, your KO, whatever you uh, whatever you use to watch your uh, footy this week. You'd want to make sure that uh, Sunday's the day that you um, set yourself up. Uh, just just quickly, well, well, now that we have gone through the games. Um, the, the scheduling for this week, I I know it's something that's, you know, that they do early on in the season. I felt the scheduling this week was a, was a bit, uh, a bit different to what we normally see. I I mean, traditionally you wouldn't see a Cowboys Knights game as your Thursday night footy, uh, Sharks Dragons as Friday night footy. Do we, I mean, some people say, oh, we need the blockbusters here and obviously the television, um, uh, networks care. Do we? Do we care who plays when? This is all based on the fact that the Dubbo game had to be played at two o'clock. It was part of the stipulation to have the game out there. It was always going to be two o'clock Sunday. Um, mm. The South Penrith game, if it wasn't played at two o'clock Sunday, it was probably going to be the Thursday night or Friday night game. So, what? I think I think the scheduling probably a bit out, a bit weird this week. What about the Raiders Storm, 7.35 Saturday? Do you find that a bit odd as well? Considering at the start of the year, that would have been a a marquee matchup? No, not really. Not really? Do we care? Channel 9 don't seem to like putting the Raiders on, I don't think. No, I think think Fox... It's not a big ratings market for them. I think Channel 9 probably wish they had... The, The biggest problem with 
the biggest problem with the the Dubbo game, apparently, from what I understand, had to be played at two o'clock on Sunday. That was the stipulation of having the game at Dubbo. Yeah. Um. So so sort of once you sort of once you sort of probably even at the start of the season, you're probably looking at that game, knocking that out. Um, Bankwest on a Sunday afternoon is always going to be. You know, it's going to oh, get that, people. It's always going to be a ratings puller. That's the right time um, for that game. That that's one, that's the right time on. for that game. Um, I look at, you know, I think, I think that the probably the game, you know, you've got the the Sharks Dragons games, a local derby. Nine likes that. Nine Channel Nine. If you look at it, Channel Nine, tends to want to put derbies on. That they they tend to rate that. So when you look at what's left. Um, probably you're not going to put the storm raiders um you're not going to put the storm raiders on at six o'clock so i think that when you look at all that it's probably the best place for it probably the thing that surprises me is that they didn't put the roosters broncos yeah. match broncos fans are going to have to try and figure out what to yeah, do thursday I, and friday i thought yeah so probably the, the only game in there that really that's really interesting for me is the thursday night game what I do wonder, and this is something I, I, I thought about, um, knowing that, that the Knights and the Cowboys tend to have these games, I wonder if originally, in the original scheduling, um, the South Sydney Penrith game was on Thursday with the Cowboys-Knights game on Sunday and they've switched them. So the, what I saw this week, so I, I thought, yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't care. Football. Yep. Yeah, football's football who cares if I'm, I don't know really who's in charge of channel on. 9 now but I dare say they'd be thinking what the they're like <laughs> they've got Cowboys v Knights of great interest to the Cowboys fans of great interest to the Knights fans of limited interest to rugby league fans and of no interest to part-time watchers i would think yeah well um likewise their friday night game is two teams that well i guess the dragons you gotta say they're going okay they're five and five they're in the top eight the sharks are you know they're not going well um while i think this could actually be a competitive game Again, I don't think it's a game that you're going to get too many um, sort of fair weather fans are going to tune in and think, wow, the Sharks are playing the Dragons. I'm going to switch that one on. Yeah, it's not going to get the casuals. They love it. They love it. They love it. They love a historic game and they they love a derby. Like if you look at next week, their Friday night game is um, Tigers versus Dragons. Their Sunday game is Knights versus Eagles because they like that history game. Um, leaving 5.30 on Saturday, Rabbitohs versus Eagles. Now, that was a finals game last wow. year. The Roosters also play the Raiders next week. At the start of the season, that would have been penciled in it's as a... And, yeah. and that's on at 7.35 on Saturday. Mm. I, 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 they, they, they like the whole derby history too much, Channel 9, and, and it's, been at their, it's been to their detriment the last two years. And with a deal coming up, I think stuff like this is not doing them any good. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, um, you might need KO or Fox Sports to, to start to 
to pen your own uh, origin team because we're not far away, are we, boys? That's the next thing we've got to look at in the next coming weeks. Uh, so not only are the games big this week in regards to the implications for the NRL, we're also seeing players make that last run for selection in the uh, origin arena. Uh, so there's some, some spots up for grabs, and I really enjoyed listening to you guys last week going through your origin teams. And I hope that everyone who joined us this week really enjoyed listening to us this week. I hope so too. I really do. So uh, appreciate appreciate the fact that you're listening uh, um, in all different parts of the world. Um, Shano, of course, he's he's all up with the international game and. He throws in his tidbits a few things. Uh, we heard about the Dutch uh, competition that's mm. uh, about to get underway. Nice. The uh, the situation in America where hopefully they're smoking the peace pipe. I didn't know there was a problem, um, but uh, now I do. And but hopefully that problem is going to be resolved. Um, big big thing in American sport there. The divide between the NRAL and the uh, just the, the fact that they exist. Yeah. So hopefully they can sort that out. It's the a Dutch ovens, we're going to see them. The Dutch you know, ovens, yeah. maybe. I look forward to that. Maybe they'll be in the World Cup next time round. Yeah, Let's hope know. so. Bring a different yeah. flavor to the event. That's right. Now, so thanks again for having us, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your support. And um, yeah, good luck for your team this week, and we hope you enjoy the footy on the weekend. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Good evening.